All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to The Spoken. Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Kill Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? And Eddie Ortiz. Go, go, go. Episode 37 coming at you guys. We're really excited to be back here with our full-strength lineup. Uh, last week, Trevor was a little under the weather. We had our guy from 610 Sports Radio, Brandon BK Kylie, actually nice enough to come and join us. So we decided, you know what, this week... Let's make it all about us. Let's get some uh, takes out there. Let's make some things happen. But there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the Chiefs. And Oh, yeah. We're obviously very excited to be here tonight, guys. Like I said, it's episode 37. Um, it's It's been a very fun ride to this point with this podcast, and, and we're really excited to see where this thing is going, where this thing is headed. And we appreciate all of you for uh, listening as much as you guys have and all the support we've gotten. Um, seems like when we're at Arrowhead, I, I get a lot of people that come up to us and talk to us and, and, and really appreciate and, and thank us for what we do. But it's really just it's, it's about us having fun mm-hmm. and we've had a ton of fun. But I really do. I, I do humbly accept um, meeting all you guys, that have, like I said, have come up to us uh, this season. And it's just it's been a blast. And so I, I really appreciate all you guys coming up and talking. And uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Lance the Spoken. You can follow our page at the Spoken Pod. Trevor, you're at. Trevor Wire DFS and Eddie, where can where can they find you? On what? On, tw- on Twitter, <laughs> Eddie. Just kidding. Uh, Ortiz at Ortiz one six. Nice, and you can follow us on Facebook as well. Join actually join our group at the Spoken. It's an actual group. You can join us and talk sports. It isn't just Chiefs. I mean, we talk primarily Chiefs and local sports, but we talk all things. We love talking NBA. Eddie gives us a lot of rundowns when it comes to uh, soccer, when it comes to. Uh, Formula One, things of that nature. So, like I said, we we have a, a wide range of uh, conversations there. We've been doing that since 2010. So definitely join us. But uh, tonight we're going to be talking a lot of Chiefs. And if you've been following us for any length of time, uh, you know that we love to have a blast here. In fact, before we started recording tonight, we were just laughing our asses off about some old stories that we were talking about. And um, a, that's a shit. Uh, yeah, we were talking about a shit, but <laughs> let's not go there. We, ha- we have a, we have a blast every time, man. I mean, there's never. I don't think there's ever been a show where we didn't have a lot of fun, and and we mean that. Like it's it's <clears throat> it's genuinely um, a, a good time here. <clears throat> yeah, Trevor and I are, are actual brothers. Uh, Eddie and I have been friends for years now, and um, you know, it's just we we try to have a good time, and it's and it's a blast, and mm-hmm. and, and you, definitely have a good time. <laughs> Yeah. And we like to keep it lighthearted because, again, I know that you know everybody that listens has their uh, troubles and their issues that they go through in their own personal lives. So I know this is an outlet for you guys, and I don't want to bring uh, in any way, in, in any way, shape, or form. I don't, I don't want to bring this down, but it's been weighing on my heart a, a lot uh, this week, and I wanted to actually share it with you guys because it's something that's it, it is a tad sobering. But I, I wanted to bring it to you because some of you may not be friends with me on Facebook or haven't seen my posts on Twitter, <clears throat> but. A few weeks ago at the Texans and Chiefs game, um, I sit in the same section as my father who sits right behind me. He's actually in the can- handicap section. Uh, he has a prosthetic leg, and he, he sits in that area. And every single week, I have the pleasure and honor of meeting a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life for the reasons that they're in their position or why they're sitting in their place. And I, I always enjoy 
uh, getting to know these people because they are so great. They're unique and they have a, a great heart. And I, and I, I honestly enjoy every single conversation I have with these people. Some of them are there every week. A lot of them and most of them uh, aren't and they get to come once or twice a season. And it's just always, it's always very exciting and very humbling to meet these people. At the Texans game after the first half, and I'm not going to give the ex- the full story because I, I know, like I said, I want us to talk a lot of football tonight, but I, I really wanted to share this with you guys. Um, after the first half, I was very upset because of the way the Chiefs were playing, how the game was going, and I was very upset because I felt like the Chiefs were the better team and they should be winning the game. My father comes up to me at the ha- at half. I'm sitting in my chair just sulking and fe- feeling sorry for myself like most of us Chiefs fans do whenever things go wrong. And he comes up to me with tears in his eyes, and he's like, hey, you see that family to my left? I look up, and I see a, a, an older gentleman um, in, his, in his wheelchair with his wife uh, standing next to him. And I said, yeah, of course I see him, Pop, and what's going on? He goes, well, they're from Utah, and they wanted to be out here. They're big Chiefs fans, and they wanted to come out here to Kansas City and you know, experience Arrowhead and come out here and, and visit with all of us. And I was like, well, that's really cool, man. That's, you know, that's, that's great. I, I mean, that, that's a great story, and it's dedication. You can tell he's a real fan coming out here and – from all the way to you from Utah. And my father comes up, he kind of gets silent for a second. I can tell he's being emotional. And he finally tells me, well, the reason they're here is more than just being at the game. They're here because they also um, found out a few weeks ago that um, his name is Gianni. Uh, he found out that he actually had brain cancer and uh, they told him that he had weeks left to live. And as soon as my dad told me that, I completely forgot about football. I completely forgot about everything that was around me. I just, I just thought about him, and I thought about his wife, and my, and my heart absolutely broke. And I sat back for a second, and then I got back up real quick, and I told my dad, do not let them leave before I get to talk to him. And my dad said, well, you better get your ass up here because they're walking away as we speak. And I look up, and they're rolling away. And so I literally hop over the fenced area that separates our seats, and I stopped them, and I know I startled them because I literally just ran across, and I, and I literally grabbed them. And I told them, look, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but I know a little bit about your story, and I just wanted to let you know that I'm absolutely humbled that you're here with us today. And I, I just wanted to thank you, and I wanted to shake your hand. To be okay with you, I'd like to take a picture of both of you. Her name was Dawn. And uh, they were super gracious people, super amazing people, and, and, and accepted me like they knew me for years. And we took a photo together. I still have that photo on my phone. I posted it. And I got to be honest, as much of a Chiefs fan as I am, as, as, much, as passionate as I am, and, and, and you guys know this, I, I, I definitely get emotional when it comes to the Chiefs even to this day. But that, that really put some things into perspective for me you know, about what this is really all about and how we need to realize what we really have and how grateful we need to be as people and as Chiefs fans and as sports fans in general, with our health, with what we have. And we need to be grateful for that. And I stayed in contact with uh, Gianni and his wife, Dawn. I, I talked to them quite a bit, actually, over Messenger on Facebook. And I told them if there's anything I, you know, they, I could do to help. I mean, obviously, there wasn't much I could do from being this far away, but I would be willing to help. And um, after the or during the Minnesota Vikings game this last week, um, Dawn had messaged me a picture of her and Gianni laying in bed and they had a, a photo of a, a, a football. I believe it was with Sammy Watkins, autograph. And they messaged me and said, you know, we're, th- we're with you in heart today, Lance. And that meant a lot to me that they thought about me. And I checked up on them afterwards and I said, Hey, I just wanted to reach back out and let you guys know that I really appreciated you sending me that. And Don told me that as soon as the game was over, Gianni had passed. 
and that just it's it's really hard to to talk about, man. Because like I said, I ha- I haven't known these people for a long time, so it's it's you know I can understand from the naked eye you think, well, did it really impact you that much? But it did, because like I said, I, these people changed my life forever because of the fact that I'm sitting over here bitching about a game, and this man has weeks left to live, and all he wanted to do was be at the Chiefs game, whether they won, whether they lost, he just wanted to be there. And here I am, a 31-year-old healthy man, c- complaining about the game. And I'm going to still complain about football. I'm going to still love football. I'm going to still talk about football. I'm going to do all those things. But I'm never going to forget the time I met Gianni and Don. And I can only hope if they if they do hear this, if any of their family hears this, if any of their friends hear this, I want them to know that I, I truly and gratefully and humbly appreciate that memory that we shared. And I, I will definitely do whatever I can to help them through this tough time. And um, it just, it was just beyond humbling. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I wanted you to get some insight of, of what I experienced as a person, as a Chiefs fan that day and what I, you know, how much it's changed me in, 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 in just that short amount of time. So I want to leave it there. Uh, I want to move on to some football, but like I said, I just, I felt into my heart that I really wanted to talk to you guys about that because I think I felt like you guys deserve to know that story because it, yeah. it definitely moved me. Yeah. And I hope that her and her, the, family that's involved you know the whole situation everything's taken care of as far as his needs and the the funeral and all that stuff everything is covered and taken care of because i know that's a stressful time you know not even just losing a you know a father a husband and you know a family member in general just that stuff could be just stressful to deal with it in, in general so yeah i hope everything's going smooth for them yeah for sure so like i said i just thank you guys for ta- for allowing me those few minutes to tell that story um <clears throat> And that's where I'll leave it. So that's another thing too. I just want to throw in there. It's like, like that's another beautiful part of sports in general is that you know it brings a lot of unlikely people together. You know whether you root for the same team or you root for the teams that hate each other. You know because we've I've made great friends from people that that are diehard fans of teams I hate. You know so that's it's just I just want to throw that in there. Just the beauty yeah. of sports, the camaraderie that it brings, and the friendships that can develop from it. So well, not even yeah, not like our own fan base. Like how many people yeah. would we know if we weren't all Chiefs fans? Yeah. You know, and, I mean, we wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for you know, pretty much the Chiefs or sports in general, right? And that's <clears throat> so, that's that's it. So again, yeah. um, if you guys have stories like that, I, I, here's here's what I'll leave this at. If you guys have your own stories like that, maybe at Arrowhead or places like that in sporting events, go to our Facebook page and, and share that with us. I'd really love to hear that because that would that would mean a lot to me, and uh, I just think that'd be a great idea. So so definitely send us that, guys. If you have that, like I said, join us on Facebook uh, at the Spoken. But we're gonna get to the game. Um, boy, <laughs> we all three were definitely wrong. Well, I, I know, I know the week before you picked the Packers, Trevor, yeah. and, and you felt very confident when the chiefs almost got that one. I, but the, my favorite thing about it, I felt pretty patted on my own back about was the, the stat line that Matt Moore had, which was, was actually pretty good. Almost dead on the money. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we should have won that freaking game. You but, yeah. I mean, what a, what a, what a fucking great win this yeah. was against the Vikings. And it wasn't like we stole a win. We beat them. Yeah, it, that was, was my favorite part about the whole thing. We straight up beat them. It, um, it took the entire team. That's yeah. what I loved about it. it. It took the entire team to win this game. I mean, there was there was there was parts about special teams and defense and offense that won this game. Like you can remember, key we shut moments. the league rushing leader down. Yeah, and and, and Stefan Diggs had two straight weeks over over one hundred almost one hundred and forty receiving yards. Yeah, He's been cool. balling. He had dude. one catch for four yards. One catch for four yards, and then Dalvin Cook didn't even have what he didn't even have sixty plus rushing yards. I mean. 
It's ridiculous, man. Andy Andy Reid coached his absolute dick off yeah, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. I mean, well, Spags, Spags too, man. Spags absolutely, and, and you're mean, seeing was, you're seeing the progress of Spags, and he's learning his defense and what what strengths and weaknesses he has. The fact that we were player. without we were without numerous piece, pieces on that defense too. The yeah. fact of how that defense adjusted from one weekend to the other was mm. fucking unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, two totally different teams. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, the reason I, I single out Andy Reid is because I, I've been severely critical of him over the last couple of weeks. But he does he deserves he deserves all the praise, and I'm so glad that he's my coach, man. Because yeah. there are times, and, th- and that's that is the embodiment of my relationship with Andy Reid as my coach. Is that there are games and then there are moments and times where I'm so sick of his crap and how conservative he gets and how in his own head he gets. Mm. But then he'll have a game like that where you're not supposed to win. And and he, they go out there and he puts up together a masterful game plan and he just shows us why he's one of the best. With a dude that wasn't even playing football like the year prior, so yes, yeah. impressive. And, and I'll say this: as down as I was on the defense for allowing Carlos Hyde to rush for 116 yards, mm. I'm just as high on the defense now that they've kept Philip Lindsay to 36 yards, yep. Aaron Jones to 67 rushing yards. I mean, he had a monster game in the receiving department, yeah, but yeah. I'm here just to make a point for argument's sake. And then holding the league rusher, like Trevor said, to 71 yards, 71. Dalvin Cook. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This defense is different. They've changed. Mm-hmm. They've turned a corner. I, I'm truly beginning to believe in them because of the fact that even though they lost Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Alex Okafor, and Kendall Fuller at certain points of the first half of the season, they have absolutely progressed as a, 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 at their greatest weakness, which is the rush defense. Mm-hmm. And after last week, doing what they did against the monster known as Dalvin Cook, I have to think uh, I have to think having confidence in this defense moving forward isn't ridiculous. In fact, it might be the right move because I do believe – and we've been super critical on this defense all season because they were atrocious at the run mm-hmm. game. They were historically bad for like the first four or five weeks. Oh, and yeah. now we're seeing them literally shutting down the best of the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. Losing three straight home games in the most uh, mind-boggling and, and hair-ripping-out fashion to go out there and beat a team like the Vikings who have been so hot. I think they won, what, three or four straight games? Yeah. Uh, One of the best offenses in the league. Unbelievable. Kirk Cousins has been rolling. Dalvin Cook's been rolling. Stephen Diggs has been rolling. Even Adam Thielen was out there. Yeah. And it didn't matter. Oh, I mean, they've won without him already. So, I mean, it's, I mean, that's hyper impressive, especially, I mean, obviously, I had faith in our defensive front from the whole, from the get go, just because of the talent and the depth there. Um, I love the signings that the Beach brought in. Derek Nadi has been definitely balling this year. He's, he's showing his strength and he's, he's kind of a one trick pony, but he's very good at what he does. Just blasting through his one, you know, gap. Um, but the corners have been so impressive, and the linebacker core actually doing something is just and producing and in, in, in coverage. The only thing it, it, with the coverage is the only thing I think is our weak spot with our coverage and linebacker, our linebacker core. But as far as us stuffing the run and Raglan, Raglan's been super impressive. Um, but Chartavius Ward, man, that guy's—he's shown his speed, his his ability to stay with guys and not get penalties. It's. Because we saw early on in, in the season, we how how often we were one of the most penalized teams for the first few uh, four or five weeks. It was a Breland that was pulling in right, all those passes, right? And we, you can see, man, we've we've definitely pulled back on that. We definitely have. We we're starting to see our guys more disciplined. That was my biggest thing was a tweak in the attitude. Guys getting out there because we saw even with Frank Clark, it didn't look like he had the attitude that we nor he's known for. And obviously, he's not out there right now. But I, I expect him fully to get back there and, and bring that attitude. But just the change in attitude. It's been a huge thing for us, the mentality, um, getting out there, getting gritty and hitting guys and just getting out there and just playing football, man. Some of these guys are just not before. They just weren't doing their job and they were just look uninspired. And we look extremely inspired, inspired, and we have so much momentum rolling into these next few games. 
you know, with the performances and the numbers we've been putting up. We have, like, what, 15 sacks in the last three weeks or something like that? I mean, that's – I couldn't ask for much more, man, from these guys to step it up, and they're doing it. So, And, and you can't – and to the to your point, on the offensive side, you, you couldn't ask more, pun intended, from yeah. Matt Moore because of the fact oh, that yeah, – And we'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, as the show progresses, because we obviously have some news at the quarterback position mm. uh, for this upcoming week, Andy Reid, and, th- and this is where I have to give him absolute credit, because when uh, the Chiefs hired Steve Spagnolo, I-, I went on Facebook Live and, and I-, I was very critical of the hire because I thought there were better guys out there uh, available to take over the D.C. position. I still feel like they're, they could have done better at that position. Mm. I-, I think that Steve Spagnolo has a proven track record, but I felt like the majority of the reason why he got this job is because him and Andy Reid go back. And that was my biggest concern was did did Andy Reid basically just hire his next Bob Sutton? Because we all know that Bob Sutton got that job because of the fact that he's Andy's guy. Mm. And that's where I was starting to see a trend. I was like, well, is Andy just going to be hiring Andy guys? And are they going to be give, giving us the results that this fan base deserves and this team needs in order to start winning actual playoff games and championships? And now I'm starting to see, and, and again, the, the the it's not written yet. There's this, the cement is still very wet, and it's not dried out yet. Steve Spagnolo has got a lot of work to still do to gain my full trust. But I'm telling you guys, and I mean it when I say I really do believe this this defense is turning a corner. And, yeah. and why I say that is because we were so reluctant to give them credit for the Broncos win because the Broncos are a terrible team. Yeah, they're a terrible Black offense. Was a statue, and it makes no sense for me to sit here and build upon a, a, a bad team and the Chiefs dominate. They should dominate that team. But when they started to play very well against the Packers, they didn't play a great game, but it took two amazing plays from Aaron Rodgers to beat us. It took Andy Reid to to punt the ball on the 40-yard line with five minutes to go for the Chiefs to lose. It it took all that for them to lose by a single touchdown Mm. against a healthy Packers team. And then you go against the Vikings when your team is – the Chiefs had every reason to feel down and out about this game. When I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, that was like one of the worst matchups I looked at for us. That's why I had us beating the Packers and had us – the only one when we talked about this, this stretch of games with Matt Moore, the Vikings was the only game that I was like debating on. I don't know if we can pull that one out, but I mean, I, we don't. We, I mean, obviously we lost the Packers, but that I mean, that was such a bad matchup for us, man. Right. We went in there, you know, took care of home, our home field and beat them head to head, man. We beat them straight up. That was the most impressive win of the year so far. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's close because yeah. of the fact that uh, yes, the obviousness of not having Patrick Mahomes out there. If the Chiefs beat the Vikings with Patrick Mahomes, you're like, well, yeah, they they should, yeah. but. You, you beat him with your backup quarterback. Not only that, but the Chiefs were making humongous plays in special teams. Harrison Butker and, Ju- and Dustin Colquitt had games, man. Oh, yeah. Like They balled out. Dustin Colquitt was putting the ball where he needed yeah. to to give the defense the best position possible for success. Harrison Butker hit a 53-yard field goal he in that, that win. Yeah, I was out that. there at Arrowhead. It was gusty as shit, man. Like it yeah. was super, su- like up in the bowl area. It was it was calm, yeah. but down on the field and where you know where I'm sitting out in that that down level. It was unbelievable, unbelievably windy, yeah. and he nailed two humongous uh, field goals for the Chiefs to win. They don't win that game if he doesn't yeah. hit those. Right. And, and then the second one got blocked. And there was no the last one. Here, yeah, yeah. And here's the other. Here's the uh, second got best tipped, part. Yeah. On the special team side, how many times have we been frustrated with Dave Tobe and his special teams? Not a single penalty well, on I'm the still special frustrated teams. Frustrated with McCall Hardman's ass, but not a single penalty. But my point is, not a single penalty yeah. on the on the special teams, which is humongous. Mm-hmm. The defense once again was getting pressure on Kirk Cousins, yeah. not, not at the beginning of the game, but as the game progressed, you started seeing Manny Ogba and and Derek Naughty and these other guys. Chris Jones oh, had yeah. Chris Jones had he was probably the best player on the field. He was unstoppable, dude. Bro, they, they he was not, unbelievable. He pushed yeah, the yeah. fucking O line to yeah. Set up a defensive end. He's out there kind of freelancing though. He was kind of doing whatever. Like, he wanted. I'm not sacking the quarterback. Hey, 
he's yeah. sacking your quarterback. And he's, you know, and, and naturally Chris yeah. Jones sets up on the inside, you know, where he's, yeah, he's yeah. trying to fill the A and B gaps. He was on defensive end and he yeah. was dominating the tackles. Him. I love him at the defensive end, man. I love he, him. No Frank Clark, yeah. no Kendall Fuller, and you didn't miss him. No. Like that, for what they did against that offense is such high praise. And again, all three phases of the game, the Chiefs dominated yep. the Vikings. Yep. Kirk Cousins had three touchdowns, and I can't name you one except maybe the touchdown in the back of the end zone to yeah. Kyle, I think Kyle Rudolph. Like that's the only play I can remember that Kirk Cousins made. I was like, that was a good throw. Yeah. Outside of that, like he didn't do anything that wowed me. And the defense had all the reasons in the world to to falter. Mm. The, the Vikings, in all in all realistic aspects, should have came in here and whooped the Chiefs. I was expecting. I talked to our guy Dirkness from uh, Amateur Hour before the game. He was hanging out at the tailgate, and I said. Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. If the Chiefs get whooped today, I wouldn't be shocked. It just pisses me off. The only game that I've chosen to, I, I finally picked us to lose, we fucking pulled out. It's like, dude, that pisses me off. Because I'm I'm not a homer, but I, yeah. I I I'm almost every week it doesn't. I mean, especially when we have Pat, but I felt confident against the Packers, and I felt I, I originally felt confident against the Vikings, and it. I mean, I had a I had to go with the loss there, but I mean. Hey man, look! I'm so happy we won that game. It's no, there's nothing wrong with with picking the better team, yeah. And you feel like oh, at I that mean. current because even though the NFL season, the homers out well, there. Even though the NFL season is only 16 games, mm-hmm. it's a long season. Oh, and, and the NFL is known for what parody. I mean, we've seen it over and over. Look at me. We lost. Okay, the Packers came in Arrowhead, beat us, and then they go and get shut out by the Chargers, and then the Chargers lose to the Raiders. It's right. like right. The, the like NFL. That's all. It, it's all parody, man. Like Anything. Dolphins that, with the. Do you ever? Did you see that meme well, on the, the Dolphins last year against the Pats? No, man, it's this year it's like yeah. the Dolphins beat the oh, Jets. Yeah. The Jets beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys beat the, the Jets Eagles. The Eagles might be the worst the, team in the league. The Jets it just goes down to where the the fucking was it the Ravens beat the Patriots, meaning that the, it makes the Dolphins the best team in the league. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what the league is. It's, it's a parody league, man. I, I wanted to ask you guys a question, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot. What do you think was the play of the game against the Vikings? Against Eddie, the, let's start with you. Against the Vikings? And what would you say was the, the play that sticks out to you the most that you're like, oh, okay, that was the, the play of the game? Ooh. Hmm. That's actually a tough question. Um Because I don't think there was like a, a play to where I was like, okay, we, we have this in our pocket. Uh when I saw the fumble from uh, Miko Harmon, I think that was like more of a "fuck, here we go again." Right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I think to me, even though it didn't have anything like it, it, it had nothing to do with the final score or anything like that. Yeah. But I think that play sticks out to me because I was like, "fuck again, back to back." Like, like what's going on? We need to protect the ball a lot more. So, yeah. I think overall, I, I would say that would that would be the play that because I don't. I mean, I don't see another play to where I was like, okay, we're going to fucking win. I know what Kirk Cousins was. And under pressure, he's not good under pressure. He's fucking horrible road, under pressure. Yeah. So yeah. I knew in the last the, – the, the two-minute war uh, – the, the last two minutes, he had like two minutes to, to get a touchdown mm-hmm. or a field goal or whatever. I knew he was not going to do it yeah. because it was just going to be too – it was too much pressure on sure. him. Yeah, okay. For me, I'm torn between two scenarios Like. For me, it would be either the sequence or play of the game. You say Kirk Cousins, you know he wasn't going to get it. But I also am prone to not believe in our defense to make a stop and get off the field when, we, when it really mattered. So for me, it's between that final possession for the Vikings and us actually shutting their asses down and throwing a three and out immediately and getting off the field and give our offense a chance to go win this game. It's between that last play where he, I think it was a throw to Diggs, I think, to try to make the first down, and we stopped him. We pressured him. Of three, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's between that or – I think I think I got to give it to Matt Moore, dude. When we knew we needed to go down the field and get a field goal, Andy Reid coached up a scheme 
for Matt Moore. Matt Moore went out there and produced, and that throw to Tyreek to get us in field goal position was huge. Um, for him to stay in that pocket, step up, and get – and you know, he was he, taking he was hits. He was, he was taking hits. That yeah, pass, that's a great yeah. defensive front. And he he's poised. He stepped up into throws and made that throw to Tyreek to put us into field goal position. So I think I'm going to go with that Matt Moore play to Tyreek to put us in field goal position to ice the game. I like all, I like all your guys' uh, choices. I actually, Eddie, I find that interesting that you went with the McCall Hardman play because that was the play that if the Chiefs would have lost, I would 100 percent like been yeah, with he would have been that. the goat. He would have been oh, because yeah. he almost fumbled again yeah, directly was, after that. Right after that, yeah, I'm yeah. tempted to put Tyreek back there every time. Just saying. well, and now I'm glad they you just did. brought that they up did. because did. that's oh, yeah, actually yeah. that's actually my that's actually my play of the game. Because even though Tyreek Hill did not get the ball on oh, that last punt of the Vikings, I see your angle here. Yeah, that that changed the entire game. Oh, because yeah, if they would have punted the ball sixty yards like Britton Colquitt can, yeah, the Chiefs may not score well, on that were, drive. Well, they were earlier, and they were booting them down. There yes, earlier, earlier. the Colquitt brothers. I mean, they're Hall of Fame players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you see Tyreek, and the crowd's going nuts. You start to feel the shifting because I was there, like I said. And and Vikings fans fucking brought it, man. They were great. I mean, they were amazing. We're gonna talk more about that later tonight as well. But you felt it, like Tyreek's up at back there, you know, 45, 40, 50 yards, just dancing, knowing he's like these motherfuckers ain't gonna kick to me. I know they're not, and if they do, I'm gonna I'm gonna get them. And they. Britton Colquitt absolutely shanked the Dude. ball. I think the ball went for 27 yards. Yeah, that's a great call on that, man. And, and it went right at the right almost to the middle of the field, and it yeah. gave Matt Moore all the time in the world. I think they had like two minutes left. Yeah. All the time in the world for him to just work this Took offense, so take your time. Yep. And then Harrison Bugger, yeah, it was still like a 41-yard field goal, but Harrison already hit a 53-yarder, so it wasn't like that was like the pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. He already knocked one far away. And, I mean, that was – it was beautiful, man. And yeah. so I'm going to give Tyreek Hill because I think Tyreek Hill – Absolutely had himself a day. He's on pace this season to have 1,500 yards. Or no, I'm sorry, in games he's played. I'm right, sorry. Right, right. To have 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns yeah, in, healthy, in games he's played. He's making his case for the best at the wide, wide out position, man. I mean, yeah. The guy, every, every week. They were talking he's, about that earlier today, too, and, it, and it's hard to disagree. I would say right now Tyreek Hill is probably oh, the most versatile wide getting, receiver. We're getting the crew back this week. so Yeah, well, by God. We're going to talk more about that Wait. tonight as well. We're going to talk about the Titans matchup coming up with Patrick Mahomes coming back. But we're going to get to something else first after we get back from this break. Chiefs fans have been selling their tickets off, uh, especially over the last couple weeks, and there's been a lot of flack, not only from other fans, but from Chiefs players. We're going to talk about that in a second. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for episode 37, segment number two. I'm your host, Lance Twoodle, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What up? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Got the whole lineup back together, guys, and it feels so good. Mm. And uh, we just got done talking a little bit about the Chiefs and Vikings game and uh, how – unbelievably unexpected that victory was, at least for us here at, at the at the Spoken Podcast, because we all did pick the Vikings to win this game, and we can go down that road again. The fact is, we all threw it wrong, and goddamn are we happy we were. So um, the Chiefs are sitting at 6-3 and three now. Uh, got a two-game lead in the division. Well, they, I, I think, comfortably will uh, with the tiebreaker with the Raiders right now, and if they beat the Titans, they'll be at 7-3. and three. And, um, you know, there's a lot to unwrap as far as, you know, what's coming forward and what's what's happening ahead of time or, come, you know, in the, in the near future. But we, we need to touch on something that uh, hap- has happened over the last couple of weeks. And it actually is, it has nothing to do with the football side of things. It actually has a lot to do with the fans. 
I'll, I'll go out and I'll get out ahead and say it that I am a season ticket holder. Um, this is actually my first year as a season ticket holder. I've been to a hundred Chiefs games in my life. I've been to Arrowhead a million times, and uh, I've loved every single time I've been there, even in the bad years. And you know, there's always been these conversations about you know you're not a real fan, you're not a real Chiefs fan if you're not a real Chiefs fan of that. And I've never liked those conversations because I feel like there's really no way to really encompass that. There's really no way to embody what an actual true fan is. I feel like everyone has their own way of, of perception. There's their own way of what they, what they believe a true cheese fan is because everyone loves the team in a different way, celebrates a different way, grieves in this in a, in a different way. And it's just very hard to tell somebody what they are, and what they're not when, right. it, when it's not our experience. Uh, Cause we all experience it differently. Well, Patrick Mahomes goes down in the middle of the Broncos game. I believe it was the beginning of the second quarter. And, you know, I've told this story before. Trevor calls me, and I'm freaking the fuck out because I'm thinking, oh, my God, our I'm season's crying. over. I'm crying on the phone. I think his leg snapped. <laughs> I think he's got a torn ACL. I think, I'm thinking the worst. You know, like, yeah. it's over. This season is done. We're fucked. You know, this this was the bust season, absolute bust season. Uh, we luck out and come to find out that Patrick Mahomes is going to be back in the next two to three weeks. So all is not lost. But at the same time, the Chiefs happen to be at the part of the schedule where they're going against two juggernaut teams against the Packers and Vikings, and it is at Arrowhead. And the Chiefs have already lost back-to-back games at home against teams they should have beaten, the Colts and Texans. So naturally, there were a, there is a group of Chiefs fans that felt, you know what? Patrick's not there. I don't feel really good about and I'm not even trying to tell you this is what everyone was thinking. I'm just giving you a synopsis of what some Chiefs fans that I talked to that tried to sell their tickets or did sell their tickets were saying. Mm. They felt like, you know what? I'm probably not going to get the return value that I want because I bought these season tickets knowing we had Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be playing in these games. So if I can make money selling these tickets, I'm going to do that, which is within everybody's right. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on this first before I go on to delve off into my take. But I know from talking to other fans, even at the Vikings game, there were fans that I knew that sold their tickets for the Packers game. And that was what a lot of them were saying. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because we now have not only other Chiefs fans, and I'm talking I, a lot of Chiefs fans are out there talking shit mm-hmm. and saying that, you know, you're not a real Chiefs fan if you're doing that. You're a bandwagon. You're, you know, you're a Fairweather fan. You know, they're, they're, they're titling these people. They're giving these people a name without even really knowing the whole circumstance or how they did it or how they went about it or what their circumstance is. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we have Chiefs players now coming out and calling out the fan base. We have Charverius Ward, who most of you probably didn't know until about a month and a half, two months ago, uh, calling out fans and saying, don't jump on the bandwagon now on Twitter. But then we have Chris Jones, a highly big-time, lovable player, a fan favorite. People love Chris Jones here. Going out and saying that you know it's 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 good for our community for all the Chiefs fans to show up, and he didn't like that there was a ton of Vikings fans there, and that he just thinks that's a bad look and do not sell your. He literally tells Chiefs fans, "Do not sell your tickets." He's telling them to not sell their tickets. Mm-hmm. Eddie, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's okay for not only Chiefs other fellow Chiefs fans, but for Chiefs players to be telling fans that want to sell their tickets, regardless of the situation or circumstance? That they're wrong for doing so. Whew. Well, see, the I, I guess I'm gonna agree with the players here on on this one. Uh, you you guys might think differently than I do, but I, I, the first thing I did is uh, pretty much compared to to soccer. 
uh, European soccer being the the top level it is, being the the sport that everybody loves out there, being the, the priority sport pretty much, kind of like the NFL is here in America, and how the, the fan base is or are in in those kind of situations. Uh, the, the the biggest the biggest scenario the biggest case that I can think of uh, at the top of my head is the Real Madrid versus Barcelona game. I think it was last year. Uh, they uh, the the issue Real Madrid had with that game was that there was way too many Barcelona fans. Obviously, it's a big rivalry, and you do not want the other team to invade your home and make you feel like an away team. Obviously, you don't want that to happen. So they they started spotting these Barcelona fans in sections to where it is all Real Madrid supporter fan base. So it's kind of like where they put their season ticket holder members pretty much. They started seeing Barcelona fans just being seated throughout the spread across that. So what they did is uh, they uh, went and figured out whose seats those were. And they, they took away their, their season tickets. Yes, it's your money. Yes, and all that. But at the end of the day, I think I think the team wants to protect their, I guess you can say their reputation being who they are, who they want to be, their image, I guess you can say. And, and, I, and, and me, I kind of fell on board with that being because it, it kind of showed disrespect towards the team. Yes, it's your money, but at the same time, you're selling them. You're selling your tickets to the rival team. I, I think, I guess, it would be different if you're selling your tickets to, to a supporter of your of the same team. You know what I mean? So, I, I think, yeah, it, it, in my eyes, I think it's wrong if you're selling your your tickets to, to a different fan base. And obviously, Patrick getting hurt was a big 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 part as to why that happened and that shouldn't happen if, if you're if you're if you're calling yourself a true true fan you're gonna be with the team even when their best player is not there I get it yeah I can make some money off of it but if you're a true true believer true supporter of that team support that team don't just be like all right fuck, I'm just gonna make money I don't give a fuck Patrick's not playing whatever the cheese are obsolete to me right now until he comes back. That's that's kind of showing disrespect towards the franchise. That's kind of telling the franchise that you're not you're not all about the franchise. You're all you're, you're just there to see one player. You know what I mean? And I get it. It's kind of like the LeBron. You have your LeBron followers that they don't have a team to just follow the player. I get it. We have those, you know. But at the same time, it's your house. You gotta protect your house. You, you gotta you gotta show the other teams that you don't just come in here and take over. Yeah, I'm on the complete other side of the fence on this one. Um, the fact that Chris Jones is gonna go out there and call out fans for wanting to make a statement by selling their tickets because they're disappointed with what the product was on the field for the last three games at home. Um, when you're not taking care of home field in games that you know you could win. You're not being aggressive to win those game home wins when you want to punt the ball away and give it to a Hall of Fame quarterback to, for him to win the game. I don't blame fans for not wanting to show up to the next game when they when they have that kind of mentality. Sometimes fans have to make a point. Um, 
And if that's selling tickets to the opposing fans, I want to come in, even though we don't know how many fans sold their tickets because Vikings fans are, are very well traveling fan base, just like the chiefs are. Um, so Vikings, if you watch it, mostly, even though a lot of the road games, Vikings fans show up and do that skull chant almost every road game there there's Vikings fans everywhere. A lot of, there's actually a lot of Vikings fans in Kansas city, a lot of bias, not biased, like bandwagon from the eighties and early nineties when the Vikings were really good. A lot of fans out here. Um, but yeah, like back to I'm going to preface it with 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 prefaces with the Chris Jones take with the logic that he's using is awful ironic to me because he remember you know, remember before the season started back in training camp did what he didn't show up because why because he felt he was worth money right because he didn't get paid what he's wanted yet you know so how are you going to sit there and use that same logic against fan base that don't want to show up and support you when you're not giving them their what they want to pay for that's their money. Chris, Chris felt like he was paying – he played enough to get his money, right? That's why he didn't show up. So how are you going to use that same logic against fans when they're spending hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of dollars every year to watch you perform and watch you go out there and play your best? Regardless if he was out there a couple of the games uh, you know, previously when we lost those home games, that doesn't matter. I'm not for this every single time, but when we're, when we're a Super Bowl favorite and we're a – you know, our fans have that ex- that Super Bowl expectation and you go out there and you're putting the ball away when you know we have to have that winner's mentality and win games and fans revolt against the coach. They have sometimes fans have to do that. Sometimes fans have the I mean, we, we have all the power. We're the ones that paying these are paying these guys salaries. So if we if we want to make a stand and that's how sometimes you got to do it, um, you know, so the, the fact that Chris Jones is the one is one of the guy, main guys out here speaking out about that is kind of ironic because he was literally doing that to this fan base. Well, he's holding out from from training camp, and you know, and, and leaving us and and to hang and dry, not knowing whether he was going to play this year, possibly holding out for the rest of the year. We didn't know what was going to happen until he showed up two minutes before the the deadline, um, because he wasn't getting what he wanted. So if we don't get what we want for what we pay for, why can't we do the same thing? So uh, I get it. I get both sides of the out, at the outlook of it, um, but I don't blame fans for wanting to. I mean. It, if you want to make an extra, you know, double your money for what you paid for the tickets, not to the, go to the game. I don't care what you do with your money. It's your money. People. I mean, th- those tickets are not cheap. Um, so honestly, I I'm more on the fan side of it from, for me personally, because I, I feel like you have the freedom to do whatever you want um, with that. And then the players, you know, if anything, what did it do to the players? It lit a fire under their ass, right? It gave them momentum. Maybe, maybe that is the, the kick in the ass that they needed to move forward to wake them up, say, Hey, you know, our fans are bailing on us because we're playing like shit. You know, maybe we have to step and we win big games and protect our home, you know? And that, that's obviously what happened. We won that game against the Vikings, whether or not it was loaded with Vikings fans or Vikings fans or not, they went out there and got the job done because they, they found that momentum. They, they found that channel that they weren't having. They weren't, they weren't, you know, producing, they weren't winning games. And we won that game more because of the defense than the offense. And, if we could, if we, it, you, in the NFL, especially of any sport, the NFL, you have to find momentum and, and, and motivation in any way you can. That's why you never, that's why coach speak is such a dominant thing in all these interviews because the coaches don't want to give any team any fuel. That's why when Doug Peterson said that smart ass remark, oh, yeah, we're going to go down to Dallas and we're going to win, y'all got your asses beat because you don't say that stuff because all you do is you give it the opposing team the chip on their shoulders. Maybe this is the chip on the shoulders that this defense needed that these team that these fans don't want to watch your sorry asses play. You know, you don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. But, I mean, that's sometimes in the NFL that happens. 
you know, so uh, this, this, I'm not, I, I have no doubt in this fan base this is one of the most faithful fan bases. We sell, we're some of the highest selling tickets every single year. Even when we had Matt Castle as our quarterback, we had a ton of games sold out. So I'm not going to sit here and try to knock on this, this fan base and call us fair weather fans. Cause I've grown up in this city and I've watched us cheer on some shitty chiefs teams through the tough years. And we've had some good years, but it's only going to get better from here on out. And if, if, if anything, if this motivated the chiefs defense, that's all that matters to me. Uh, but that's the thing though. Even in the shitty the shitty times of the Chiefs, you were selling out Arrowhead, and now one player goes down, you're pretty much your whole fan base just kind of like well, looks well, the other way. There's a difference in the air though. This is this team had Super Bowl aspirations. That's, Those teams. That's didn't. the that's the ultimate yeah. difference because yeah. of the fact. And let's 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 address something real quick. And I think we all can agree with this, whether you stand on one side or the other. If Patrick Mahomes isn't hurt, yeah. And the Chiefs aren't losing multiple games in a row at home. These tick, we're not even having this conversation because those ticket sales aren't happening. Well, either way, I think but, there's going to be a lot of Vikings fans but, there either way. Right, it's a good game they right. want to go to. Here's the thing: they only play Kansas point? City every once in a while. Here, here's the thing, though. Right. Here's the thing we got to remember here, and and this is something I don't know how or why this is being overlooked, but this this literally defeats the entire conversation. These Chiefs fans that are selling their tickets and putting them on StubHub and these other places do not dictate. Right. Which fan they're selling it to? It doesn't say, "Hey, I'm a Vikings fan. Let me buy this from you." Right, right. So it's impossible unless you know somebody personally that's yeah. a Vikings fan and you're intentionally giving it to them. But even if that's the case, that is that person's right to do so. Yeah. You're, you're, the whole point of selling a ticket is and, to make and, profit. And Trevor made a point about how there's a lot of people here I know personally that yeah. are Vikings fans yep. that have been raised Vikings fans. Right. And if I'm a person that has no interest of being at that game for whatever reason it is. And I know there's a Vikings fan here that wants to see their team because they don't live here. Yeah. Or they live here. They don't live in Minnesota. They don't get to see their team. I'm not going to be the douchebag that says I'm not selling it to you because I, that would make me not well, a we real have, fan. We have cousins in Minnesota that would love to come out. And, we, we, and if they had an opportunity to, if, if they had an opportunity to be at this yeah. game, and I, let's say I didn't want to be there, right. I'm going to let them have that ticket and sell that to him. I don't give a fuck what anybody says no to doubt. me. That's my choice as a season ticket holder. Yeah. But let's let's dive deep into this, though, for a second. Because I think, Trevor, you made some really good points. Eddie, I think you made it. Because here's the thing. Yeah, I think there are valid points on both sides. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with the players and other fans having a problem with there being a lot of other fans there. I don't have a problem with that. Mm. The problem, though, is, is that we're not seeing this from an honest perspective. Because first of all, the team doesn't make the majority of their money on ticket sales. Right. They make it off TV contracts. So if you're really – when Chris Jones is saying the shit he's saying about, you know, it's not good for the community and it's not good for this and that. Actually, if you're really caring about that and the revenue and all that shit, you'd want people to watch from their house mm-hmm. because ratings on TV actually help your team more than them being in the seats, if we're being honest here. So let's not pretend well, the fact- like, like Chris Jones is saying yeah. this because he's looking out for the team. He's saying this because he's pissed off as a mm-hmm. player who just got back and he's a passionate dude, and I totally get it, yeah. but he's not seeing this from an honest perspective. He's seeing this simply from his perspective. He's not seeing the big picture. Mm-hmm. I talked to a writer, and I'm not going to say his name because I promised him I'd say it off the record, but this guy writes for the Chiefs. And he said, when I asked him this question, what are your honest thoughts about the players calling out fans for selling their tickets? He said, and I quote, well, then take a Grady-Jarrett deal Then, if it's really about helping the team. It's soft. No right to tell them what to do with their money when you do what you want on plays to get sacks. Talking about Chris Jones. Grady-Jarrett with the Falcons signed a four-year, $68 million deal, $42.5 million guaranteed. What he's basically saying in that is Chris Jones – if you really want to talk about saving the franchise and helping the franchise and the community and all that stuff, take a team-friendly deal and help the Chiefs on their salary cap. Yep. Don't sit here and tell the fans 
Hey, you guys need to be helping us and being there and spending your hard-earned money and not selling your not selling it to earn that hard-earned money back for whatever reason it is. Again, because right. we can't definitively say what it was they decided to it's do a that for. Man. How about you? How about you? You step out because Trevor, Trevor made a great point. Chris Jones defeats his entire argument by what he did in the preseason and the, and, and the, the same and, logic and, 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 and training. Use games. that same logic, man. Yes, he ended up coming there. Right, but the point is, he showed his displeasure at the beginning. So you can actually can equate that to a Chiefs fan missing a single game. Which if you think about it, it's more, that's more impactful to the team's chemistry than anything. Than than fans any fan not showing would ever up. do. You, Absolutely. You, you, think, you think Chris Jones not showing up, to, you really you really don't think that Chris Jones not being at OTAs and training camp has less of an impact than the dude sitting in 312? Oh, no, Give no, me a fucking break, Oh, no, what's funny to me too is almost after every single game when we, when we went at home, what is almost all the initial reaction from all the players? Uh, Arrowhead was rocking, man. We love you guys. You know, blah, blah, blah. Every single time we went at home, that's always the reaction from the, from the guys in the locker room. But the one time that something happens they don't like and they're hearing that skull chant, that skull chant, you know, now they're going to bitch about it. Now they're going to complain about it. It's just like, man, okay, you got to count the hits, hits with the misses, man. And it's it, and let's not let's not sit let's not sit here and pretend like oh, I hated hearing it. Well, yeah, I, again, yeah, I'm there. It wasn't fun. My entire yeah. section was filled with Vikings fans. Yeah. Do you think I like sitting there and hearing skull the whole time? No, yeah. I didn't well, you like did it. Once, once the end result was was for sure. But that's the point. <laughs> that, that's the point is yeah. that like Trevor just said. If you guys aren't putting out a shit product for weeks at a time at Arrowhead, yep. we're not having this problem because people aren't selling football. their tickets. Yeah. But again, my problem and displeasure is do n- I hate, and I mean I absolutely hate, when people try to tell other fans this is what makes you a real fan. It's right. not because Eddie, you and I love the Chiefs. Trevor, you and I love the Chiefs, but we love them in our own There's way. There's not an objective way to be a fan. Like it doesn't make. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna sit here and tell a guy. Like we have family, Trevor, that are bigger, just as big as Chiefs fans as you and I. Yeah. Do not have season tickets. Right. Yeah. Are they less a fan my than me? My season tickets are on my ass on my couch. That's me. So, right. so are you a lesser fan than me, Trevor? Definitely because not. I have season I got tickets. great seats. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. It, it, you cannot put that on other people because it is impossible to standardize what a fan is. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, what do you what do you uh, just that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like I've been a fan of this team my entire life. This is the first time I bought season tickets. Does that make me now a real fan? I didn't sell my tickets, so I must be a real fan then. Yeah, it's these these players are a slave to the moment right now. Like I said, dude, if if that's what lit a fire to their ass, I'm fine with that. And spare me, Shervarius Ward. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to say this. Yeah, yeah. Shervarius Ward. He's been playing really good football, and I'm really glad he's on the Chiefs team. And I think that was a, a really good pickup and everything. Man, shut up. Yeah. Like, like for real, like Chris Jones, I can, I can, I can. I think Damian Williams, <laughs> Damian Williams said something about it too, but it wasn't very snarky. It was more just about the fact he was addressing the fact there was yeah. a lot of Vikings fans there. Yeah. And there were, my point though is, is one, you cannot dictate who is buying your tickets, whether a Chiefs fan or a Vikings fan, unless you're doing it directly. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they travel well. Third of all, Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing. Fourth of all, the Chiefs have been playing like absolute shit at home over the last month. Mm-hmm. And there's a, it like, all like, adds we, up. like we said, and I'll reiterate, there is a lot of Vikings fans out here. Yes. I know a handful of them yes. personally myself. I, so I know there's a lot. I personally don't know. Not, not I do, man. Sure. So I mean, just, that, the, point, the point remains, though, yeah. is that if you're frustrated, be frustrated at the real things. Be frustrated at the product that's been on the field. The Chiefs won the game. If they Let's say the Chiefs lost this game, right? Mm. Are we sitting here talking about the fan base? No. No, we're yeah. talking about the team again. Oh, they're fuck. They're 5-4. and four. Patty has to play now. Right. We're not talking about fans. We're we're trying to find something to bitch about. Trust me, I'm a guy that likes to bitch about stuff, mm-hmm. and I try to find stuff to bitch about. And so I understand when it's a when it's when it's that. 
That's what this is. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous that we're calling people out. We got Chiefs players who are just now coming back from injury. We have Chiefs players who've had like five good games in their entire goddamn careers calling out people that have been watching this this team for 30, 50 years. Yep. I don't want to hear that shit, man. I, I'm so fucking sick of hearing that. I don't want to hear about players calling out fans. When Eric Winston called out the fans and said it made him sick because there was a group of Chiefs fans that, that cheered when Matt Castle got hurt in 2012, yes, that was shitty. Right. Calling out an entire fan base, man, fuck you. Yeah, you can't That's speak bullshit. in generalizations. You do not generalize people. It's irresponsible. You, and that, that goes deeper than sports. Yep. You don't generalize races. You don't generalize religions. You don't generalize anything because there will always be the exception. Chiefs fans... What if there was a guy, what if there's a fan out there, and I'm guess I'm doing a straw man. What if there was a fan that could not make the game because he was sick and he happened to sell it to somebody who happened to be a Vikings fan? Yeah. He's not a real fan now? Like that's the stuff that just drives me absolutely absolutely insane, man. I'm not trying to go on a tangent here. I get that there are people out there that want to see the majority well, and you of the, don't, and you the don't, stands filled with Chiefs fans. I do too. There was a lot of Packers fans at the, the Chiefs Packers game too. You don't think you don't think when we don't play the Packers and Vikings, we don't play that division very often. So you don't think that those Great fan bases that travel well circled that the Arrowhead game, an iconic stadium to visit. They don't in, in, a, in an easy to access city, you know, a Midwest yeah. city, easy to get around in, not like a major city where it's tough to get, you know, downtown. You don't think they circled that one on their calendars? Well, like, oh man, we got to go watch Mahomes I, play. Well, our guy? I, I honestly don't think so. Okay, well, I don't I, think I, they want to play Mahomes. No. Okay, beginning of the year before so, they before the new ahead, Mahomes. I, hurt. I, I think the biggest issue here was. Mahomes missing those two games. If Mahomes doesn't miss those two no, games, saying, I think this majority Chiefs. I'm I, saying before. There's no I doubt. agree. I'm saying before there's the no season, doubt. a lot of these people bought their tickets already. But they thought I, Mahomes I, would be playing. No, I get you it. They want to watch that at the no. beginning of the year when they bought their tickets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then they want to see their team, obviously. So they're still they traveling see, because they don't, they, they don't, they don't want to see Mahomes play. Though it's, it's the away fan base. The point so is they don't want to see Mahomes. They want to see their team. Oh, there's plenty of people want to see Mahomes. They want to see their team beat the Chiefs. The point yeah. is that the, the, not all the Vikings fans were traveling though. Yeah, Trevor just said it. That there is a there. I know this. Yeah. There is a large Packer and Viking fan base out here because we're in the middle of the country. It's and a Packers. mixed bag yeah. out here. Yeah. There's Cowboys fans out here. There are Raider fans. We know a fuck ton of Raider fans out here. Absolutely, Chargers fans. There are a group of fans all because this is the Midwest where people come to work. Because yep. it's cheap workout, it's 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 cheap to live out here than the East Coast and West Coast. J- Eddie, we were at the Ravens game last year, remember? And there were a ton of Ravens fans there. The Midwest, yeah. the, we when, all travel our we, games well, man. When, when Lamar Jackson scored that game, uh, potentially game winning uh, touchdown on our end of the field, remember it went crazy in there. Well, remember the Browns game when we all how well we traveled to that Browns right. game? We were, oh, dude, that place was red up the ass. That's what I'm saying. And here's the other, I, I forgot to mention this part. I personally know Chiefs fans. That sold their tickets to the Packers and Vikings games so they could afford to go to the Nashville game for the Titans game. They wanted to support the Chiefs on the road. Oh, there's going to be a shit ton of that's Chiefs the, fans there. That's the danger with making these types of assumptions is that you don't understand that your fans are actually trying to support you. There are a group of people I personally know, I can name them, that sold their tickets just so they could have the money to go to the road game. Go ahead. What, 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 okay. Well, that, that, that's all I want to say. I know there's going to be a majority of fans that, that feel differently. I mean, I'm just going to say, if we're, if we're fair weather, if, we're gonna call, if players are going to call us fair weather fans and they're fair weather players then right. with their mindset because, because they can't they can't praise us every time when we're great and we're loud and we're ruckus raucous in the home games and then get a blowout win in Arrowhead and then, then blame us when there's a lot of other posing fans. I guess my, my, you can't, my you gotta mentality be is more on the soccer aspect as I see how soccer fans react to that, you know? Soccer fans take offense to another team invading their 
they're they're home. Oh, we, we took high. offense to it too, but I mean, I I don't see offense. It is a cultural thing, though. I do think. I think there is a difference in culture I, I, though, I because think, soccer I, is. I think I think with like, soccer, fans take offense to that. Like, that, I feel like I if it had been the Raiders why, or Chargers, I think the reason place, that is different. why me myself in in my own opinion, sure. I think I have to take offense to that because of the way the way I was brought up with soccer, soccer wise, soccer fan wise. You're there to support your team. If you're a season ticket holder, mm. you're there to support. Y'all your are just over dramatic. It's okay. I, I get it, <laughs> but at the same time, no, those are some of those passion fans in the world, it, man. For so sure. So I think passion for me is is pretty much like the most important thing. Yeah. Money, I don't give a fuck. Like if I'm going there or if I'm supporting my teams because I'm supporting my team. I'm not supporting one player. I'm not supporting two players. I'm supporting the entire organization as a whole. If I if I have if I want to sell my tickets because of the way the organization is running, okay, I get it. It's the entire organization, not because oh shit, Patrick Mahomes is uh, uh fuck, I'm not gonna go. I'm, I'm just waiting for the pro. I'm, I'm just, just waiting for the post game interviews after we mop up the Titans in the locker room and like ah, oh, look at all these Chiefs fans that showed up to to the game and you know you know see a red traveled and you know everyone was so loud and we we appreciate all y'all. We love all y'all. We love Chiefs Kingdom. I'm just waiting for that after, well, after we win this game. I'm I, 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 I'll make it. one more point and we'll go to break because I, I I agree with you on that, trip because I think there's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans in Nashville yes, this sir. week. But one more point I want to make, and this is something, again, that a lot of people do overlook, is that every single home game at Arrowhead, I can't speak for all the other you know venues and other stadiums, but at every single Chiefs game, there are over five to 10,000, if not more, fan, uh, uh, seats that brokers buy mm. that the Chiefs sell to. And oh, they yeah. disperse that to other people who are the highest bidder that are trying to get tickets. So once again, we're talking about thousands of seats that are not being sold by the normal everyday Chiefs fan. Well, like I said, dude, so I, that can I, go to Vikings well, fans. I do, that can go to Packers fans. And I do, can, I do truly believe that Arrowhead is because of the Mahomes effect. Arrowhead is becoming one of those venues that that opposing teams want to go travel and watch. And I spoke to Vikings fans before the game. That. I spoke to Vikings fans before the game who traveled from Minnesota, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they said that uh, Arrowhead Stadium was a bucket list for them, and they yes. bought these tickets before the season. That's becoming a thing. So all these scenarios. I'm building or why we can't assume this stuff. Right. Go ahead. I mean, just just going back into soccer, the the, the way the soccer, the soccer world works, the way they work their stadiums is they they have a specific away section. They sell the section to like uh let's say if the Vikings were coming to town like like they did, all those tickets will be in Vikings websites, like their own websites, you know what I mean? That's kind of like what they do in soccer. They have their own section. They they give the away fence their own section, and and I think that would have been a lot different if I would have seen that section fill up and then on top of that uh, around that. Yeah, that section. doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. But that doesn't exactly. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying in soccer, it's a different mentality well, for soccer me. Soccer stadiums are much more massive than NFL stadiums that we got. I mean, uh, yeah, so, outside of America, yes, for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking MLS. So I, I get where you're coming from. I do, Eddie. I'm just saying that. We have to accept this for what it really is, not what we want that, you know, because because of our love for other sports and the passion that, it, you know, that entails. It is different in this. This is a different animal and people have their reasons for why. And I, as a as a season ticket holder, Chiefs fan and just a human being, I don't feel it's within my right 
to tell somebody that you're not a real fan or this is what makes you a real fan. Just to question it. Yeah, yeah. To me, that is so frivolous. And and I think all the players just need to shut the hell up about this. Especially, like I said, I'm not trying to put them on blast. Charverius Ward, bro, you need to have a full season before you can start talking shit like that. Second of all, Chris Jones, you freelance way too damn much for you to be sitting people telling people how to be disciplined. So let's just keep everything in context here. You have a right to say what you want to say, but just know that when you come out and you vocalize shit like that, you're going to get some clap back from these fans that have been fans longer than you've been playing football, bro. So we're going to leave it at that. Um, when we get back, we're going to talk about the Raiders for a second. Are they a team that can legitimately take the AFC West from the Chiefs? And could the Chiefs actually run the table? We'll get back to all that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beardco Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What up? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. I think we might have just had our best segment in a long time, and I really would like to get your guys' feedback on that. Which side do you stand? Are you, are you one that believes that Chiefs fans under no circumstances should be trading their or uh, selling their tickets away, especially to the opposing player or opposing teammate or team fans, I apologize. Or are you more on the side of saying, you know what, do whatever the hell you want. It's your tickets. It's your money. You do what you do. Uh, we'd love to hear back from you guys. Uh, hit us up on the Spoken Pod, at the Spoken Pod on uh, Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook as well, at the Spoken. Um, and I want to let you guys know real quick, uh, Commandeer Brand and Casey Hemp Company, our two big sponsors, actually have this uh, great promo code deal that are that's going on right now. If you go to their websites, CommandeerBrand.com and CaseyHempCo.com, you will get 10% off all your purchases on their online store if you put in promo code SPOKEN10, SPOKEN10. So definitely check them out, guys. Go to their website today. Incredible products. Uh, Commandeer has the, some of the best apparel you'll find. I mean, my, our guy Joe comes up with incredible designs all the time, and yeah. I absolutely love rocking his stuff. Every time, I, everywhere I go, I either see people wearing his stuff or I get compliments wearing his gear. I love the hat he gave me with the three crosses. I love that hat. Mm. Um, and, and like I said, he's got really cool seasonal stuff. Definitely visit him. And our guy Kyle at Casey Hemp Company, Kyle, Kyle and Heather, who are expecting a, a child, by the way. I'm really excited for them for that. Um, they have the best, and I mean the best, CBD products in Kansas City. Uh, they are tested all by third party member or third party teams. They make sure that they give you guys high quality products. Our family uses the CBD products. We love them, and uh, we're really grateful to have them as sponsors as well. So visit both of them, CommandeerBrand.com and CaseyHempCo.com as well. Thursday night football was last night. Mm. And uh, once again, we uh, went 0 for 3 as a, as a, yeah. as a, as a show. Yeah. We all picked the Chargers. I felt like they were the better team. I can only speak for myself. I felt like they were the better team going into the game. Even though it was in Oakland, I felt like they should take care of business. They had a lot of guys coming back. Well, came out came off that big win against the Packers. Yeah, who, who beat the shit out of the Raiders. You're right. thinking, okay, let's do some math here. Yeah. The Chargers should win a close game. I picked them to win 26-24. Like fucking NFL. 29-26, I mean. Well, I ended up getting the Raiders score total right, but they ended up pulling the victory yeah. out. Uh, Philip Rivers is trash now. He He's should have washed. thrown five interceptions. Josh washed. Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is an absolute baller. Yeah, rookie offensive rookie of the year. So and that's far. a pick they got off uh, Khalil Mack. Yes. So, so it, it's starting to look so like far. a decent trade. I still yes. wouldn't have made the trade, but that's a de- that's a damn good it's trade. Starting to pay off a little. I bit. I feel like they reached for him in the draft because I feel like they could have got him around later. But I, I don't blame Gruden for being He's aggressive. A stud. He is a stud. And Derek sure. Carr is playing good football. The dude's got like a hundred four rating right now. He's checked down Sally, but he's still making plays and. I, I personally am very – I'm still glad we got Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr is not a great quarterback, but this is the best football he's played in about three years. Yeah. So you got to give him some credit. you got to give the Raiders some credit here too, guys, because they're 5-4 and four right now. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the Chiefs are six and three. They, I believe, they'll be seven and three after this week, which will give them a two-game cushion and a tiebreaker with the Oakland Raiders because the Raiders still got to come to Kansas City. Right. I think week eleven. Um, but if you're looking at the remaining uh, part portion of the schedule for the Raiders, it's cake. It's not bad, guys. I mean, for the most part, outside of us and the Jag- at home, Jags, at, at home against the Bengals, who might be the worst team in football. Oh, and eight, yep. Um, you have you go to New York to play the Jets, who are maybe the second or third worst One team. One in seven. I mean, they yep. beat the Cowboys, so. <laughs> Yeah, they caught any the given Sunday, <laughs> and, then, and then they come here to Kansas City where they're going to get steamrolled. Yes, sir. Uh, then they have the Titans back in Oakland. Could be a trap game for them. Could be a trap game, or could be they can still pull that off. Then they have another home game, and it's against the Jaguars, who we don't know what they are. Nick Foles will probably be their quarterback at that time, which will probably give them a better opportunity Absolutely. to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they go to LA to face the the, the Chargers in that soccer stadium. And then they finish off the I like, season. I like how you emphasize soccer stadium. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real. It's, they, they visit yeah. the bitches over there at the soccer stadium. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking floppers. No. Are they going to give out red cards? No. Hey, it's between a baseball no. stadium and a soccer stadium. You pick. Yeah, no shit. shit. But see, that's the thing, though. is It's just because they fit like 24,000 people. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's be, not a football it's game, It's going to be man. 90% Raider fans up there. Oh, yeah, I guarantee you. already you. know it. Could you not bro, Raiders, Raiders. The Chargers oh. in LA make no fucking sense. It at is, all. is the worst decision yeah. business wise. And, and, yeah. and then the Raiders finish off the season in Denver against a team. Uh, the Broncos are going to be just now fighting for the best seat available or the best draft yeah, pick available. Three and six. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's like it I said, the Raiders. I look at the schedule and I see I do see one for sure loss. I do see them losing an Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Outside of that. They can win any of these other games, and they're five and four right now. I, I think the Titans will be another tough task, for and, and maybe so. I'm just be, saying simply that, because they, the Raiders depend on the run so yeah, much, and they I, have a good run defense. I had the yeah. I had the Raiders going three and thirteen this season. I had and, a, I had them with six wins, and and my God, oh. this team is surpassing expectations because of the fact they can yeah. run the ball so effectively, yeah. and it's crazy too because they have such problems on the defensive side. Yeah. They, they just lost their, their safety last Carl night. Joseph. That's yeah. a huge loss. Humongous loss. They've yeah, had, they've he's had been balling. Se- they've had secondary uh, issues all season long. They've yeah. been awful against really good teams. Cleveland Farrell, Ch- Cleveland Farrell's coming around. He's though. coming around. He's making some big plays the, the, last the night. The Chiefs destroyed the Raiders in week two. Yeah. The Packers destroyed <laughs> uh, the Raiders two weeks ago. 28 and a quarter, yeah. Yeah, they absolutely – I mean, they are bad against good teams. That's why I don't believe well, – their that- secondary is horrible, and that's why I couldn't believe Phillip Rivers was struggling so bad against that Raiders secondary. I couldn't I, believe they weren't able to tear them up. It was unreal. Yeah, I sent him a text right after. I was like, dude. Because <laughs> the Raiders' strength defensively is their rushing defense. I mean, and the Chargers were running well against them still. But, I mean, you have Keenan Allen. You got Mike Williams. You got Hunter Henry. All these guys out there. Like, dude, they should have been burning their corners. They should have been. And Phillip Rivers looked straight up He's washed. done. He's done. He looked washed last. And, and then, the only reason they beat the Packers was because of the Chargers' defense. Well, yeah, and, and they've talked about, and this has actually been gaining uh, momentum, is that the Chargers are – Seriously thinking about moving on from Philip Rivers. He looks horrible last night. Yeah. He's never he's, he's never missed a game in his career. Dude's an three absolute, picks and a pick six dude, like that was. Yeah, he's, a, the he's Raiders, an absolute dude. warrior. He's an absolute warrior. He's had an incredible season, oh, yeah. cr- incredible career. I think he's done, and and I think it's being shown more and more that he. I yeah. this this could be li- li- realistically his last season. Well, I think John Elway can make a move on him. <laughs> I think that would actually be a good move. I actually, do. I think that Phillip, will never happen. I think no. Philip Rivers could go somewhere else and and, and thrive. But I, I, think, just, I think the Broncos should go for Teddy. That's my opinion. Uh, well, Teddy's gonna get paid somewhere. I don't even want to. That's not if even. It's not Chicago. Cam Newton will be out there too. Chicago would be perfect. Dude, the, the Panthers will be shopping Cam Newton. Ooh, Denver, Chicago. I'm just saying yeah, I, we're gonna I, see some quarterback Cam, moves. Unless season. Cam's planning on retiring, he's gonna play again. He will be a starter again in this league. And I think he, would, he should be. If he plays for a, a Bears type of team, I, I can oh, see a, him getting match. back into the playoffs. If you're uh, the Bears and the and the Broncos, I think are are two that. 
can have really good teams if they just had the quarterback. Yeah, they have, who, they both have good offensive yes. weapons. So, like, who do you think? Who do you think can go for who? Like, this, just random question. If, if 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 I'm the Broncos, yes, I'm probably going after Teddy Bridgewater because of the fact that he's only 26 years old, mm. his leg is completely healed. He has shown that he can lead a good team. He's a safe player. If, he if doesn't you, turn the ball over. Yeah, if you if you can, because one thing I will give John Elway is the guy has built good defenses. Oh so yeah, if you can give Teddy a decent defense. How funny and, and, and a decent run game, and which Denver, the Broncos always seem to find. Yeah, Denver always runs the ball well. I, I, if I'm if I'm the Broncos, I'm like, hey, I can't draft for shit at the quarterback position. Yeah, I might as well get someone else's guy. I'm going after and Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, Teddy's going to get paid. The Saints and, are not paying Teddy those. That was it, like twenty mil. Or yeah, like and, that? and the yeah. pressure the pressure's on Matt Nagy in in Chicago big time because that's a city you if you keep losing and you're gone. Yeah, it, it, they they ran John Fox were, out of that city. The, they they really love John Fox. Yeah, they were a Super Bowl favorite at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so the pressure's on now for Nagy to, to really show is he really a head coach in this league or he's a really good offensive yeah, coordinator. As much as I love him. Not, not you be. you go and get a Cam Newton for a couple seasons. And you pair him up with that defense and that run game yeah. with Montgomery, yeah. that's an 11 win team. So yeah. there are, I don't want to get too far off topic here, but I definitely right. can see those being realistic moves. And I'm excited to find out where the hell these guys are going to go because Teddy Bridgewater will be a starter next year. And if Cam Newton again decides to play football still, he's 30 years old, and he's banged up a shit. But if he decides to give it another go, he will be a starter somewhere because there's not enough talent out there for for him not to be starting. James Winston's another guy to keep your eye on. The too. only way Cam Newton doesn't start a game for the rest of his career, he takes a knee. So let's uh, let's move <laughs> on real quick. Again, back to the Raiders is again they deserve respect. They have five wins halfway through the season. No doubt, you got to give them respect because they're playing decent. They're football. playing with a lot of heart. But the Gruden reason has those guys confidence. I tell you for, what, for sure. man, they, they're I confident, man. What. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> the, the reason why I am in no way, shape, or form worried, because the question that I started this was, no. and I I, I, proje- I, uh, I brought it out, was do we think that the Raiders have any legitimate shot of taking the AFC West from the Chiefs? I'm just going to go out ahead and say it. No. no. There is no chance in hell, the, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt again, unless the Chiefs just absolutely go into the tank, because as easy as the schedule is for the Raiders, the Chiefs don't have a, a, a tough schedule either. Right. They have one more Prove it type of game left on their schedule. It yes, is sir. in New England. And I don't I, I don't know about you guys. I don't feel New England is as scary as they've been we're over the last to, two we're decades. We're going to beat them. I, 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 and we're going to talk about that a lot yes. when, when Patriot Week comes up. But it's gonna happen. The, Chiefs, the Chiefs work their asses in Week 2, the Raiders, yep. without Tyreek Hill. Yep. we got to remember that. Patrick Mahomes, on a high ankle sprain the week before in Jacksonville, goes on that dirt map known as you know the Coliseum, mm-hmm. throws four touchdowns in 12 minutes, Without Tyreek Hill, with a banged-up offensive line, with an unproven bad defense, only allowed 10 points even with that considered, they absolutely – that game should have been a 35-point blowout. Also, Patrick Mahomes is back. We, we the the Raiders are unfortunately not going to have to not going to face the Chiefs in the time that Patrick Mahomes was hurt. Mm. We're getting him right back, so they're going to go right back to having Patrick Mahomes facing them again this time in his house where he last year beat him 35 to 3. Yeah. The Chiefs have a two game lead like I said in the tiebreaker and and I and, and here's where I'm going to I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this boldly. I do not think the Chiefs lose another game this season. I yeah. I, I do not. And that I, seems to be the trend going around. A lot of people are feeling that way. And, and it's, I saw Nick Wright post talk about Tony it on the show. G. Tony yeah. G said it. I truly I'm not trying it to be one of those prisoners of the moment. Yeah. The Chiefs got through the toughest part of their schedule, six and three. Patrick Mahomes has two and a half games, right? And they went six and three. Now they are going to be facing the lightest part of their schedule, and the team is getting healthier. Mm-hmm. I don't see how the Chiefs. I mean, you look at the schedule right now. 
They have the Titans this week. The Titans are playing with Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback. That should tell you where they're at right now. Got- their defense is good, but here's the, and we're going to talk more about this as as the uh, in our final segment. That's fine. The chief, the the Titans are only allowing 18 points a game this season. Mm-hmm. But even their own reporters and uh, and former GM came on a 6-10 today and talked about how, although their defense is good, they struggle really bad with speed. What is the Chiefs offense known for? Speed. speed. Right. So that is, even though their numbers look good, they haven't faced an offense close, Not even close to what the Chiefs can be and will be this week. And so I don't think, if you look at the rest of the schedule, the Chargers are terrible. The Raiders, again, Get beat by good teams. They're I mean, not a true contender. And the Chargers get them at a neutral, neutral place. Yes, right. and, and let's set the record straight because Eddie's yeah. been. I've been talking to Eddie all week because Eddie is our soccer guy and he follows this stuff religiously. That field. The only reason why people have concern about that field is because of what happened last year with Shakir. Like we talked about when Ken Swanson was on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That's the only reason why people are concerned. That field is fine. I'm gonna have Eddie confirm that in a second. But it feel, the field is fine. If anything, you should have been worried about week two yeah. on, at, at Oakland because yeah. that field is way worse yes. than Mexico. Eddie, please confirm yes. this. Um, so I mean, I like like Lance said, I follow soccer religiously. I. I follow the team that plays in Mexico City, so I watch them every weekend, every week. I watch training videos. I watch everything, so I know how that field is. Yes, there was a little bit of questions this last weekend when I when I was talking to Lance because he asked me about how the field is. Yes, the field was a little bit loose, but that's because it had been raining for the past week and a half. So obviously, you're gonna have those issues regardless of where you're at. If, they, if that that a week and a half would have happened here in KC, obviously you're gonna have a loose field. You're gonna uh, fucking slip and slide there. So yes, but the beautiful the the fuck the field looked beautiful. It, it looked perfect. Looked immaculate. They they've done everything in their power to fucking make this field perfect. Mm-hmm. They uh the stadium or the, the 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 soccer team invested in like some kind of like fake sun to to put there every night on the field oh, nice. to make the kind of like the grass just keep on growing and you know make science hell make, yeah yes <laughs> make it as as nice as they can obviously mexico took took last year's game personal moving it away from oh from yeah mexico they City. lost their ass on that hell yes yeah. they lost <laughs> millions of dollars in that and mexico took that shit personal and this year they've made upgrades on the stadium any, any upgrade you see on that stadium is because of the NFL. That's They're trying to match what the NFL wants. That stadium went from 110,000 people to eighty to like 85,000. Which is people. still huge, but yes, it's still to your huge, point. To your but point. you're taking 30,000 seats away from that stadium just to, to please the NFL. So, yes, Mexico is doing everything they can and in their power to make this field as perfect as it can be. And I, I sent Lance a, a video and – the fucking the, the field looks beautiful. It looks great. I, I don't see any issues with it. Fans that are talk keep talking and saying, Oh, the field in Mexico, the field, uh, they're basing it off of last year and yeah. because of Mexico. Yeah, that's this is the last gonna, chance. I mean, that's yeah, they screw it up. And again, I think this one's it. gonna go well. And I think, and, and and I think go they're basing, like I said, they're basing it off of last w, year, <laughs> last year, and because it's it's Mexico. So yeah, let me let me ask you guys, let me just to bring it back to the original point. Do you and I'll, I'll start with Trev? Do you see any way that the Raiders could really make a legitimate fight for the AFC West for the remaining? I think now they have seven games left on their schedule. Do you see any way that they can do that with the Chiefs? I mean, with football, there's always a way, especially with a team that's that's obviously been on a roll like the Raiders have, and they have their easiest part of their schedule coming up. 
but it just has all of us expressed the way we feel and the confidence we feel in the Chiefs running the running the table here moving forward. Um, in in my personal opinion, no, I don't see them. I I can definitely see them trailing us, you know, by a game or two for the rest of the year. Um, but I don't ever see them catching up to us. I I do think they're going to lose a game or two. This upcoming schedule, as easy as it looks, I do see them failing and losing a couple games like they always do. Um, that they should have won. Like I think, I think honestly, one of those games is the Jets game. I think they're going to lose to the Jets. Um, I, I, I just, I just think it's going to happen. I think that's one of those games where, the, where, where Darnold and and gets a couple connections, yards, deep balls with because we all know Darnold can chuck the ball, and the Raiders' corners are terrible, and they just lost Carl Joseph. That's so a, that's I, I think that's going to be a goes. game where they lose. Um, that's just one of them. I definitely think the Titans can give them a run for their money with you know, playing. T- the Titans game. Well, cause the Titans are a kind of team that would beat the Raiders because the, Ra- cause the Raiders like to run the ball a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll ever catch up to us as far as, but I do, I do respect what, what Gruden's been doing over there. He's definitely got those guys bought in and they've lost a ton of bodies. They've lost a ton of bodies, not only to suspensions and being kicked out of the league for the year, uh, but just by injuries and them being able to you know, put guys that we don't even know who, who they are. And their defense is still producing, and their running game has still been great all year. Josh Jacobs, like we just talked about, has been possibly the offensive rookie of the year. He looks great. Derek Carr is playing poised and confident and making the throws he needs to make. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be good, but I don't think they're going to catch up to us, no, no doubt in my mind. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them catching up. Uh, I, like, I, like I said, uh, I, I, I sent uh, – Shaggy Shane like a response on his comment saying, "Do you do you believe Tony G?" Yes, I believe I believe the Chiefs will go on an undefeated run from here on now. I don't I don't see them losing another game. A lot of people are like, "But the Patriots, but the Patriots." <sighs> see, the Patriots have been a to me have been a fraud since week one. They have benefited so much off of their schedule. Offensively, they've been a fraud. Yes, their defense is for real. That defense is for real, man. I, I think they I mean, they got a little exposed because that's. I was gonna say, look at the look at the what the Ravens did, but yeah, that's a tough team to match up for. But yeah, for I sure. would think I, I think we're we're now the realization the Patriots defense is not an all time great defense. No. They're no. they're a really good defense. defense. But they're a, they're a top five. They're, yeah. good, they're a good defense. Yes. They're just not a great defense, right? But they 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 got exposed by the by the Ravens as we all expected because mm-hmm. they have benefited, like I said, so much of that schedule. And I think the Chiefs have the team to go into New England and just. Beat the fucking living well, hell we, out we of saw what happened when, when the Ravens were blitzing the shit out of Tom Brady, yes. how old he looked. I mean, he looked so crippled if out you, there. Yes. If you, if you rush Tom Brady or, yep. like, he's just hit him a couple times. Rail him He'll start times. throwing balls yep. where, fucking, like, he got a flag for uh, intentional grounding because right. he wanted to just get the he ball out of his He freaking yeah. hissy fit, dude. Yes. It's hilarious. He, he wanted a flag for the other team for, uh, I think it was a hold or something. Yeah. You get him rattled, man. He'll lose his shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'll look, yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them losing it. And then on the Raiders, like Trevor said, uh, it, it happens every year. They're gonna let their fans down yes, a couple games. It happens terrible. every year yeah. that that they lose to the fucking teams that they're not supposed to lose. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it, but it just happens year. And after let's year. be real for a second. Let's not pretend like they went out there and just beat the Chargers last night. Oh, Philip Rivers lucky. was awful. He was handing them the ball. He like, literally was, was throwing. I mean, the first interception, especially, he literally threw it right to yeah. the defender. It was not even a good it, throw at all. We don't even. I've never even heard of that, that guy's name before until now. Well, he didn't do shit. He just stood there. The ball ran right yeah. to him. Well, man. One, of, so, one of them, a receiver fell down. And it was yeah. just like, ugh, it's just a, it the was, Chargers should have won. I think game, the but. I think the Chargers 
lost that game more than the Raiders yes. won. And again, I'm trying to give the Raiders respect, respect here because yeah, they are yeah. winning games. Yes. The point remains, though, is you've seen them now against good teams, right. and they've gotten destroyed. You cannot oh, ignore yeah, that. The Vikings if, did it. Yeah, if the, yeah, if the, if the Chiefs would have faced the Packers and lost by 30 and then lost to the, uh, the Vikings by 26, right. we're sitting here going, this team's not a Super Bowl contender. Right. Because you're getting worked by good teams, you're not you're, you're not a, a good you're not a Super Bowl team and getting worked by. Good That's teams why I had a problem, an issue with the, when you guys had the score for the Packers game when I first went into it. Like you guys had us getting blown out. I'm like, dude, the Chiefs just don't get blown out like that. It just it hasn't happened for a long time. I think yeah. what, what I have, I, I think I have to lose my ten. Yeah, I guess that we don't. We hardly out, ever yeah. lose by double the digits. Chiefs like lost, the Chiefs haven't lost. The Chiefs haven't lost double digits. Yeah. And was it? 35 plus. Yeah, even, even with our record. shitty defenses last yeah. year, we weren't getting blown out like the, that. The Seahawks have like 41, I think. So right. we're like six, seven games away from right. breaking the record. Yeah, so it so, just doesn't happen. So that's where we're at right now. I, I think that although we are going to acknowledge the fact that the Raiders are playing yes. decent they're, football and they're winning they're games, oh, yeah. there is a significant different in tier, difference in tier between them and the Chiefs until we see otherwise. Maybe maybe the, the Raiders go on a, a six, seven-game winning streak, and then we have to really well, take think, them seriously. I think deep down Raider fans know that. I think they know that there's a tier difference there. But I do Don't, think – Do not assume that for a goddamn second. If you're out there, rational Raider fans, you know the, the, the five of you that are out there, I know that they, nationally. <laughs> no, I mean, I do. I do think that there are. I mean, outside of David Carr with them in the Super Bowl, I do think they are possibly a, a wild card team because the AFC is kind of falling apart in a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of bottom feeders that have a lot of. The Titans could definitely be one of those teams that sneak into the the, the picture. You know, the Steelers could still make a run here. I mean, the Steelers have been winning some games. So I mean, who they you know, straight, right? that's yeah. So I mean, the Steelers could, with Rudolph and all, they could still win some games, and they don't have that tough of a schedule either. So I don't know, man. The Raiders are definitely in the mix, but I do think they're going to let them de- let their fans down, and lose a couple of the games they shouldn't. Yeah. Well, we're going to leave it there. Uh, like I said, we, we we will be revisiting this every single week because now it is. I don't believe it's a two team race. I think it's just the Chiefs to lose. But yeah. like I said, because of the fact that it's within a couple games and they will be facing each other in three weeks or three games, they have the bye week in week eleven before that game. Um, we have to pay. We have to pay attention to it. It has to be respected. So when we get back, though, guys, from the break, we're gonna uh, open up the Monday mailbag. We're gonna answer a couple questions you guys submitted on there on our uh, spoken uh, Facebook group, and then we're gonna talk Chiefs versus Titans. Patty Mahomes is back, motherfuckers. Let's, Let's get ready for it. We'll get back to all that after this. Visit local foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell what up? and Eddie Ortiz. So we want to start this segment up with the Monday Mailbag. We're going to be doing this every week where we give you guys on the Spoken uh, an opportunity to voice your opinions or raise a question for us to discuss on the show, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So, Trev, what's the first question that we got on the Monday mailbag? All right. Well, the first question comes from my guy, Brett, who I work with at uh, FedEx, my uh, fellow courier driver. Um, he had a problem with us all picking against the Vikings. He asked, why did you all pick the Vikings to win? I'll be listening. What, what is, did I start? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the Vikings because – Matchup wise, they were the better team. Like I said before, uh, like I said the week before against the Packers, I picked the Packers because they were the better team coming into the weekend. Obviously, uh, not having Patrick Mahomes influence uh, my decision as to who was going to win and what, like pretty much why. Mm. So, I picked the Vikings because obviously they have one of the best running backs in the game right now. So, and they're 
wide receivers are pretty fucking. I, I, I picked the Vikings because uh, too many Chiefs fans sold their tickets. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I oh, that makes I, sense. <laughs> I picked the Vikings because it was very simple. I felt like they were the better team coming into the game. They were healthier. I mean, they had literally no one on their uh, injury report, which is unheard of, especially this time of the year. Uh, I, I felt like, you know what, they're just going to come in here, and I think that it's just one of those games where it's going to be shitty and we're just going to have to get through it and bounce back. I was really of that belief. I felt like that might be that one game where we see an Andy Reid team get blown out. And it, it, it was no disrespect to the team. I just felt like it was just one of those matchups. And I stuck with it. Dalvin Cook's been unbelievable. Matt Kirk Cousins has really turned it on over the last month or so. Yeah. And the Chiefs proved me wrong. So to answer Brett's question, that's why, my man. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, just to reiterate what you guys are saying, it was the matchup. And I honestly had the Chiefs winning until like the last second. I decided to go with the Vikings just because. You're not the, a real fan. This, yeah, the the, the detrimental loss that we had against the Packers that I felt we should have won that game and, and the bad choice of punting the ball, I kind of lost a little hope and faith in Andy Reid and at that moment um, heading into that that even a tougher matchup in my mind, in my mind heading in because they, Adam Thielen was back. Um, I felt like that was going to be too much for our corners to deal with with Adam Thielen and, and, and Stephon Diggs, let alone the running game with Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook. I just felt like there was too much. Whether Kirk Cousins is the guy throwing the ball or not, I just felt like it was too much, and uh, I felt like it was going to be a little overwhelming for our defense, but our defense proved me wrong, and I'm very happy to be wrong about it. So yeah, that's yeah. Well, I'm, you're a fair weather fan. Yes, so, I am. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Maybe maybe try to be around <laughs> for 30 years. I'm mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right. the worst. All right, Eddie. What's the next question? Podcast dedicated uh, to this shit. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Fuck me, right? <laughs> I, I drive a Dodge Stratus. Yeah, I do this every fucking fucking Friday. Just just because I'm a fair weather fucking fan. Yeah. Hate we started to say in February in the off season. Yeah. Fair weather. Fuck you, Brett. No, we love you, bro. I love you, bro. I miss messing, man. Thanks. Shout out, Brett. Yeah, no, seriously. Thanks, Brett. If you got any other Thank questions, you, man, man, feel free. All right. Next question comes from our guy, Shaggy Shane. What up, Shags? What's up, man? His question is, was Brett Beach unlucky last year with his 2018 draft, or was, he's, or was he just extremely lucky with his 2019 draft picks? It keeps on going. And then pretty much he, he re- reiterates, uh, right. was Vich unlocking 2018 better evaluation 2019? And then he goes to say, the Vich's 2018 draft was poor. Uh, with, and then he uh, pretty puts uh, brilliant speaks on IR, Dorian O'Daniel, Armani Watts, strictly special teams. Derek Nadi looks to be grown successfully in SPAC's new defense. That's, yeah. uh, that was his comment. So how would you answer that question? I, I mean, I think we've talked about this on the show recently. I, I'm not a big believer in Brett Vich right now. I think that – He's shown, and, and, and it's very reflective when he's trading away so many picks for guys that we already know what they are. That also tells me that he might not have a lot of confidence in his drafting abilities at this point. I mean, you're trading up like our guy Kent Swanson from Arrowhead Pride said. I mean, he traded up for Derek Noddy. He traded up for Breland Speaks. Derek Noddy's been fine. He's not a guy you trade up for. Uh, Breland Speaks isn't even playing right now because of an injury, and when he was playing, he wasn't good at football. So I, I feel like... I don't feel like there it had anything to do with luck as to why the 2018 draft was so terrible for the yeah. Chiefs. I felt like Brett Beach was overly aggressive, and I like aggression. I can respect aggression, but you better be good with aggression. And Brett Beach to this point has not been good with aggression, so I feel like it has more to do with his decision-making and his lack of awareness and what, we, what, what position he's in right now as the general manager of the Chiefs as opposed to anything to do with luck. I do think the 2019 draft was much better, mm-hmm. but the 2019 draft wasn't great. I mean, McCole Hartman, the, 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 we still don't know what we got in him. I do think Juan Thornhill is already a stud, and he's continually getting better every week. Yes. But 
if that's all we're banking off of right now, that's still not a great draft class. You gotta you gotta hit two or three times in order for me to start buying in. So I, again, I think it has more to do with just Brett Beach just showing his inabilities. Right yeah, now. I'm not gonna put injury riddled players on on a, a GM's back. Um, I do because that's something that's out of his control. Um, he he goes off the talent. Anybody Frank Clark being injured, we we know we've we've known Frank Clark's track record and what he's done. So I, I do think that Brett Beach is shown to be better at acquiring players outside of the draft instead of in the draft itself. And he's got to show us, you know, they can. I mean, I do think Rashad Fenton's starting to come around. He's shown us a little bit. I do I do think he's going to come around and be a decent player for us. Um, and Juan Thornhill looks like an absolute surefire starter for for years ahead of us. Um, but I, I do think he's brought in some guys. Like I think I do like uh, Naughty pick. The Naughty's been playing great. Um, I do think Frank Clark's going to show us who he really is once he gets back and he's healthy with this mysterious neck injury. Not sure what's really going on. There's some smoke and mirrors. Um, but yeah, I mean, was there was there bad luck? I don't really. I'm not a, a, a proponent of luck. I just think that there's just some bad choices made. I, yeah, you said he was over aggressive. There was no reason I think to trade up for for Breland. Um, uh, but I do think he's shown us that he can be aggressive and, and, and better as far as picking guys that are kind of already proven commodities and being aggressive that way, which I'm fine with. If we're winning games because of that, that's all that matters to me. Um, but yeah, the, the trade is not shown to be his strong suit yet, but Shortavius Ward has shown to be a, a player that he's acquired. That's obviously having a great year so far for his standards. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not ready to give up on beach yet. Uh, I mean, uh, since since last year, I kind of had my doubts on Beach. Uh, just with the draft class, he the twenty eighteen draft class, I mm-hmm. I didn't see anything great out of that class at all. I didn't see anything good <laughs> at all out of that draft class. And like you guys said, yes, he's been extra aggressive in the draft, and with the, where there was no need for him. To I think McCall Hartman was a good pick as well. I mean, this yeah, last year's draft was obviously much better than 2018. Yeah, did 2018. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, this year, it's, I, I guess they did a, a like like Shaggy saying. I, I think yeah. it was more evaluation than last year. I think last year was more okay. We need defensive players. That's right. all we're gonna draft. You know what I mean? And they just kind of went off of with the names that they kind of had. They didn't do no evaluation. I don't think they. I think they just went off of one tape or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. more of a okay, that guy looks good. Fuck, let's go with him. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, he still hasn't proved it. I mean, this this year's draft, I mean, it wasn't great. It's been good so far, right? Uh, with uh, Saunders playing decent he's, football, he's starting to look better. He's, taking, yeah. he's definitely making strides. And then uh, with Juan Tornhill being the guy he is right but now. I mean, we've seen with the acquisitions like of Agba and Okafor, yes, guys like that. It, the guys that he brings in that are already uh, players in the league, he's he's very good with that. I, yeah, but I mean, we're talking draft picks in general. I mean, right? Yeah, I, I, hear, I, yeah. I, I think draft wise, he's he not very knowledgeable in draft. I don't think he, though he was a scout mm-hmm. uh, like before GM. I just don't think he's making the right decision because he's not scouting. I think he's relying defensively. Anyways. Yeah, I think yeah. he's relying more of an on his scouts than himself. So. Though that's what you want in, in your scouts, but I think he also needs to kind of evaluate the talent yeah. as he not just depend on one person's yeah, uh, opinion. He's definitely right. I'm I'm very suspicious of his defensive um mind. Mind, yes. Yeah, offensively, I think he's I've got a good knack good. for finding offense because I think Darwin Thompson is gonna still gonna be a stud for us in, in later on in the future. And I think he hasn't got no run this year yet, yeah. but I do think I do believe in that kid's raw abilities. Um and obviously McCall Hardman's an absolute speed demon. And he's shown to have you know highlight real potential. 
Uh, but yeah, defensively, his choices defensively, even though I did love the Doriana Daniel pick because I was actually a big fan of him coming out of you know Clemson, a great school. Um, he just hasn't shown it, man. And Juan Thornhill obviously was a great pick. But I, we got to count. Like I said, I got to say over and over again, we got to count the hits with the misses. And he's just got to be hitting a little bit more on the defensive side, especially with the higher picks. Our guy, uh, Ruben Martinez, and thanks again for uh, Shaggy Shane's question. And he will actually be on our show next week. And I believe our guy from Red Trip Cinema, Clay Windler, will be joining as well because they always come in tandem as well. So that's what she said. (laughs) And uh, so we'll be uh, hopefully having both of those guys on the show. It's always a blast when we have our guys on. We're we're the three Chiefs Migos for a reason. Shout out to my guys. We actually just released uh, released the new uh, Red Trip Cinema video. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, you guys need to go check that out if you haven't already watched that. Go Red Trip cinema uh clay is an absolute mastermind we just play a small part in making those things happen so uh our guy ruben martinez uh asked a question and uh this is a very uh it's a it's a well thought out question he starts out with a statement chris carter said once that patrick mahomes has the talent to become the best quarterback ever ever but he probably won't because of the kind of organizational support he would need to make that happen. For example, Brady has had great defenses his whole career, good O-lines, best, best coaches, great medical personnel, great front office, and that's what's allowed him to do a kind of – to have him to have the that kind of success. So my question is, how do you realistically see Pat's career ending up? Because Andy won't be around forever. Are the Chiefs a stable enough franchise to support Pat for the next 15 years to allow him to win multiple MVPs and Super Bowls like his raw talent would demand? Trevor, what do you think? I disagree. Um, I think I think Pat's got the best – I think Pat landed in the best position possible uh, as far as his needs and his abilities and with Coach Reed. Um, I definitely think – and this is not just some homer take. I definitely think Pat has the ability to be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen as far as pure talent goes. And as far as his um, his ability to be unpredictable is one of the things that gets doesn't get talked about enough. Um, his ability to throw cross body and all these things and the, and the no look passes and the way he's kind of changed the game similar to like we've talked about Agnosium with the Steph Curry comparison, the way he's kind of single-handedly changed the game. Um, I think this is the perfect spot. I think he's uh, even post Andy Reed, I think he's going, I think he's going to learn from the game so much from Reed. Even when Reed's gone, he's going to have so much knowledge, knowledge built into his brain. He's already going to be prepared for all these things. And those are the, those are the things the tangible things, the intangible things that you can't unlearn that, you know, trickle down, you know, that are going to be locked in. Just like Peyton Manning, you know, Peyton Manning pretty much became a quarterback coach because he was out there just dissecting. He's seen everything already. You're not going to surprise him. And Pat's going to get there. You're still going to catch Pat off guards every once in a while because he's still a young kid. But once he gets that knowledge, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. I mean, I know we've talked about it over again, over and over again because we, we love him to death and we think he has more potential than pretty much anybody we've ever seen as far as the quarterback position. But yeah, I mean, it's an over, I, I definitely think he has all the potential potential in the world. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the chiefs organization for him were uh, a good pick uh, for, I guess they're a good match for each other. Uh, obviously the chiefs organization's uh, a little bit more conservative. They don't like the drama. They, I think that's like, changing though. I think they, they kind of, they, they don't like the drama. They don't want none of that stuff. And I think Patrick doesn't, like drama either i think he's more of a quiet guy more of a like i said conservative person you know more quiet he does he's hit he does his thing and the the chiefs are happy and with andy uh i mean obviously he's not going to be with andy forever but i I think any coach that comes in and kind of uh can mentor uh patrick mahomes in any kind of way give them pretty much their you know their all 
I, I think Patrick can 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 rise up above with any coach you bring into this organization just yeah. because of the support that this organization can have on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think this is a very fair question because of the fact that you know although we know what our quarterback is going to be for at least the next decade. You know, there are questions as to, you know, we just got on talking about Brett Veach. Do we believe that he can be a guy that can build a winner around Patrick Mahomes for the next decade? We can't say that with any certainty. And to be honest with you, I don't feel very good about that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes fills a lot of holes for this team. So naturally, this team's going to continue to win games just based upon how great he is at quarterback. But, you know, the question doesn't rain. How long does Andy Reid continue to coach? Uh, you know, he's 61 years old now. And, you know, uh, we, we are seeing other coaches coach deep into their 60s. You know, Bill Belichick's 68 years old. Uh, Pete Carroll's almost 70. Uh, Bruce Arians just came back. I believe he's almost 70. I mean, there are guys out there that are still coaching at a high level that yeah. are late in their career. So it wouldn't be crazy for me to see that Andy Reid could coach for another five to six, seven years. Uh, I th- actually think that's what's going to happen because he finally has the quarterback he's always wanted. And I feel like that really reinvigorated his career. And we've talked about that on the show before. Um, I do believe organizationally the Chiefs are going to do whatever they can to give Patrick Mahomes an opportunity. And the reason why I say that, not because of their history, because if anything, we know the history says the opposite. It's because of the fact that Clark Hunt runs things differently than his father did. I don't agree with everything that Clark Hunt has done. I don't agree with the way he looks at a lot of things. But one thing I can say is that when Clark Hunt wants something, he gets it. He wanted Andy Reid. He did not let anybody else talk to Andy Reid. He went and got him. He literally went and flew, flew to Andy Reid and picked him up. You're coming to Kansas City. And that's when he signed him immediately. And so uh, Clark Hunt wanted Pioli, got Pioli. Wanted to fire Pioli, fired Pioli. He wanted them to get Patrick Mahomes, he got Patrick Mahomes. Like it's it, For me, I look at Clark Hunt and I say, this guy, and, and, and it speaks volumes when he talked about on the, on the franchise video, when he talks about, I want the trophy that has my father's name to come back home. He goes, anything less is not a success. We got to get to the Super Bowl. This guy, I truly believe, understands the moment, understands what the Chiefs finally have, and it's what – only a few franchises have ever had in the NFL, and it is an all-time great quarterback. Patrick Mahomes hasn't put up the all-time great numbers yet, but he is an all-time great talent. So I do think that the Chiefs finally understand what they have in their possession. It's something they've never had, never even come close to having. And with 50 now 50 years of no Super Bowl appearances, they know that this is their opportunity to change history. So to answer Ruben's question, I actually do believe that the Chiefs are going to give Patrick Mahomes what he needs, especially uh, MVPs alone. He's already done that. Right, right. So, so I'm going to give them that and say, yes, they're absolutely going to give him everything that he needs to win MVPs. Super Bowls, I do believe that too because if it wasn't for D Ford lining up both sides – we're already answering that question too. Yeah, the Chiefs really, are in the Super Bowl. It really Bowl comes last down year. to Veach or whoever the future GM, if he doesn't last. It's really up to them to build the defense around Mahomes because we've all seen that Mahomes is the type of player that will elevate whoever is on that field. He will survey the field and, and go through his reads and find and, and throw guys open if he yeah. has to. So he's the guy that will and, elevate everyone. And, and, and to the point about the coaching part of things, you know, he talks about, you know, he compares it to Tom Brady, which is fair because Brady is the most successful player in probably sports history outside of Bill Russell. Um, you talk about best coaches, Andy Reid, let's say he only coaches for another three to five years, and and Patrick's just getting into his prime at that point, not even 30 years old at that point. Mm. If you look at the coaching tree that Andy Reid has across the league right now with Doug McDermott, Doug Peterson, uh, 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 John Gruden actually came from the same coaching staff, Harbaugh, all these other guys that that are still coaches in this league right now, 
all come from Andy Reid's tree, I would like to believe that whoever Andy Reid leaves this team in the hands of is going to be someone that the Chiefs are going to continue to win with and is going to be the right guy for Patrick Mahomes and this franchise. So to answer that question too, again, I do believe that you can't look at the history of the Chiefs because that doesn't matter anymore because history, the, the things are totally different now than they were 30 years ago. Even two years ago, things right. are different than they were. So th- this is a different thing, and I'm going to give the Chiefs the trust and belief that they're going to give Patrick Mahomes what's he, what's he, what he needs to access and maximize his talent to lead him to have the most successful career possible, not only for himself, but in team team respects as well. So we'll leave it all there. Thank you guys so much for your mailbag questions. Like I said, we're going to be doing this every week. Let us know what you guys think about it. We're going to take a short break real quick. When we get back, we're going to talk real briefly about the Chiefs and Titans game coming up. Patty season's back, and we're, we're more excited. We've never been this excited because we've, we've never lost him before. So now that he's coming back, the return of Patrick McChrist and, uh, and how exciting that all is, we're going to talk to you guys about that briefly, and then Hold This L is coming right after that. We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hardgoods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art, and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hard Goods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number five. I am your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the Casey Beer Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. So, as I said, guys, the McChrist is back. Yes, he has sir. returned. The second coming. McRib? The McChrist. He has returned. This he has a, risen. He's not a limited, you know, item. You know? <laughs> he has risen. I, I bet the socks of Patrick Mahomes after a game taste better than a McRib. Oh. <laughs> I, I I would rather chew on the socks of a game game worn socks of Patty Mahomes than on the McRib, bro. McRib sucks. Like, I know it's like dog food, but I mean it's like dude, the cardboard it comes in tastes better than that shit. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. Anyway, we're not gonna get on the fucking. It's McRib. real barbecue right there. The point is this: Patty Mahomes is back this week, and I could not be more excited because of the fact that. I mean, it's only been two weeks, but it's felt like two years that he's been gone, man. It's just been so painful to not have our guy. And now we got him back, and it's a great opportunity because this is an AFC game, which matters more than the NFC games because, you know, the tiebreakers don't really equate into that uh, situation. But, uh, yes, the Chiefs have their quarterback back, the MVP, the best player in the league. And this is uh, absolutely exciting times because, like I said, the Chiefs got, I would say, they got through it pretty well. It could have been much, much worse than what it actually was, guys. And uh, uh, the way I see it is, you know, um, you know, the, the, the questions were, you know, is, is Patrick Mahomes going to be healthy enough? And my whole point was, if he's healthy enough, he's got to play. You know, there's been the people that, you know, talked about, uh, you know, maybe we should rest him. Maybe we should let him just sit out. And this is what we know right now. He's playing. And, and co- head coach Andy Reid came out Friday afternoon and let the media know that, that barring any extreme setback, Mahomes is going to go for Sunday. Earlier this week, one of the, the best writers in the city, Sam Melliger, who I respect greatly, Gave us an update on Patty, and I'll give you a small portion of it in regards to why the Chiefs have handled this injury the way they have. Via Sam Milliger, Patrick Mahomes' kneecap jumped on the jumped to the side of his leg three weeks ago tonight, and he's in position to possibly play with the Titans on Sunday. It's the most uh, most it's the it's the most overanalyzed injury in Kansas City sports since George Brett's hemorrhoids. Let's try to make sense of it. Here's what we know: Mahomes is set to have the biggest contract in NFL history after this season, even if he doesn't play another snap. His health is the single most important thing for the future of the Chiefs. Both sides are highly incentivized to be overly cautious. It's typically a three- to six-week injury, and Sunday would be 24 days. In other words, any time from now through the next tw- – I'm sorry, that's the end quote of uh, Sam Milligan right there. In other words, this is me. 
In other words, anytime through now to the next 20 plus days, Mahomes should be able to give it a go. He said himself that he was able to throw across his body, and once he could do that, he knew he was absolutely ready to go. Now, I again, I get and understand that there has been a great number of Chiefs fans asking or suggesting for the Chiefs to continue resting Mahomes. And it's true that they must protect him, even from himself at times. Trevor quoted about you know how he wanted to get back in the Broncos game. Right. But what we all, all must come to realize is there won't be a hundred. He will not be hundred percent at any point for the rest of the season. This is essentially this is essentially as close as it'll get when it comes to what he's doing. Uh, what what he's uh, to, as close as he will get to hundred percent with what he's currently dealing with. Right. His ankle should be rested. Yes. Should be ready to go. Yep. There's they're currently saying that he has around a ten to fifteen percent chance of redislocation of his knee which is about the same exact percentage if he was to sit out a couple more weeks. So, yes, Matt Moore has played about as good as anyone could have expected him to play over these last 10 quarters with a 65 completion percentage, 659 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero turnovers altogether, and a 101 quarterback rating. Andy Reid has absolutely maxed out Matt Moore. But here's the thing. 100% 100% of Matt Moore doesn't give you the, give the Chiefs as good of a chance to win football games as an 85 to 90% Patrick Mahomes does. And that's not a knock on Moore. That's praise to Patty. He is without question the league's best player, and you have to play him if he's healthy, uh, healthy enough to. Look at the Chiefs' schedule to this point. There have been zero gimmies, zero guaranteed wins. It would be absolutely foolish to think or assume that the Chiefs could continue rolling as, as if they have or with the, they could with, with Mahomes. Yes, the Chiefs have had exciting plays and impressive drives over the last couple of weeks. But they haven't been lighting up the scoreboard like we know they can and inevitably inevitably will with a healthy Mahomes paired with Tyreek, Kelsey, and Watkins. We will see this offense, and remember when I say this, we will see this offense as close to what they were in 2018 this week. And that should absolutely excite you as a fan. And that's where I'm at, guys. I I know, like I said, people just assume, oh, the Chiefs will just keep winning because that's what they do. They've been beating good, good teams. But my God, this could be that trap game. The Titans can say, "Oh, you don't, you don't, you're not going to play Patrick Mahomes. You're going to rest him. Matt Moore going to try to go for three straight good games." I'm not betting on that. And quite frankly, this is a win that Chiefs do need, not just for the division, yeah. but because of the fact. And this is super unpopular for whatever reason in Kansas City right now. The one seed is still in play. Mm-hmm. The Patriots do not have that locked up. I have been saying that even when they were undefeated and blowing out bad teams. I said, and then this is when the Chiefs, the Chiefs were on a losing streak. I said, this is a long season. The Patriots will get exposed eventually, and they did against the Ravens. The Chiefs are two games out. They beat the Patriots. They have the tiebreaker. So they, they have to win as many games as possible. So I understand you want to protect Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to play him. You think you can keep winning games like that without him? Fine. But just know you are taking the conservative route in a season that has been Super Bowl or bust. Right. I mean, and I have to put myself in the player's shoes and Pat's shoes. The dude's won one to play since, he, since the injury first happened. So you know the dude's been itching to get out there in the field, and he's been practicing since – the day after the injury, he's been practicing every day since then. So um, he's been prepped and ready to go. He's, we all, I think we all just need to rest and, and relax. And I know we're all, like you said, we're all paranoid. We want him to be okay because we've never had anything this precious. Um, he's ready to roll and he's ready to ball. And we have all, we're finally getting our the crew completely back together as far as our offense. And it's just going to, it's going to be fireworks, man. And I'm here for it. And I think we're going to go out there and just light up this overrated, Titans defense has even got exposed by the Browns 
So I mean, if and and they don't have what's his name, their, their number one corner. Uh, uh, oh, their 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 list is hurting. Uh, Malcolm Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler, who he hasn't even been that good this year. Uh, Delaney been, Walker's out. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're missing pieces. Gerald and, Casey and and, and Tannehill's the quarterback. And the way this and the way this our defense has been in pressuring quarterbacks. Tannehill's one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure. I expect numerous turnovers from Tannehill, and I expect our offenses to absolutely demolish this defense. Uh, yeah, obviously, if if Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough, you you play him. You play what you got. You know. Uh, with that and with that said, I, I just think the uh, if I was the Titans, that my game plan would be pretty much how healthy is he. I, what I'm gonna try and do the whole game hey, you is hit him. The whole the whole try the the whole point of me going in that in that game if I'm the Titans is trying to trying to pressure Mahomes, trying to get them trying to get him to scramble. Yeah. How healthy is that is that knee? Like, uh, is it a hundred percent? Is he ninety percent? Eighty percent? Seventy percent? I want to pressure Mahomes the, the the best I can to to get him to run. Well, yeah, but I get it. He's going to be healthy. He's not going to be a hundred percent, obviously. Uh, like you said, I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent for the entire for the remainder of the season. But yeah, I just think if he's healthy enough, you play him. Uh, that's just that's just how it is. No doubt. And I think what the, the Titans are going to want to do, which they're not going to be able to, and I'm saying it right now, they're going to want to do what the Colts did. They're going to want to run the ball with Derrick Henry. They're going to want to just dink and dunk and run the ball and, and try to get the ball out quickly and, and, and maintain the clock and try to keep Pat off the field. Yeah. But our defense is, is, has changed. You're not the teams are. I don't think teams are going to be able to do that. And we showed that against the Vikings. The Vikings were going to try to do that, even though they were throwing the ball too much. I thought they should have fed the ball, uh, the rock to Dalvin Cook a little Their more. Their first drive, they didn't well, run the ball. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, unbelievable. They, they, it was um, it was unreal. They, they were trying to like catch us off guard. I think and it did, and it backfired. Um, I think our defensive front is really starting to get pressure, and this is even a worse O line. This is even a worse quarterback than than the Vikings were. So what do you, I mean, I'm expecting nothing more because our defense has only and gotten a worse more, running back. Yeah, and our defense has only gotten more healthier. You know, so I mean, we're going to bring the pressure, and they're not going to be able to to, to have long drives. I heard they're not going to be able to sustain it. I heard uh, somebody say that the Titans are the discount Vikings. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. the cheaper version because like all their players are cheaper, yeah. but they like have like the same well, style of football. It's also, funny also another guy that's out is too is Corey Davis, who's yeah. the number one receiver. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, they're gonna it's, this is gonna be a bloodbath. It's, it's gonna be like like you says it's that matchup that that the Chiefs kind of want but don't want because yeah. the Titans are that kind of franchise that can fucking win a game out of nowhere. You know, like take that game away from you. This isn't it. This is I I, well, I I will to, to Eddie's point. I, I did I, say I did say a few weeks ago that I could see this Titans game be Titans game being a trap game. Obviously, I was saying this when the Chiefs were losing, uh, and the defense looked horrible because of the fact that it was between the Vikings game after the Packers game, and then it's the uh, Chargers game on Monday Night Football. Yeah. At a neutral field, please go that's look, a lot between the Titans. Go look who they faced. I get it. I'm not yeah. saying. I'm not saying. Not I, don't not, I don't think it's a trap game now. I don't think. I don't think it's a trap game now. I don't. No. I'm saying that it was painted as that. Yeah. For my mind, now I'm looking at it and with all the injuries they have, with the fact they have no home field Same advantage, with the, Lions game with the fact that game. the Chiefs are getting healthy at the perfect time. I agree with you, Trevor. I think this game is going to be a complete ass whooping. Yeah. I think that, I think it's going to remind us a lot of the Jaguars game. I was going to say this kind of. It's going to look. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the game where we actually had everybody together at that time? Ironically, ironically enough, this weekend. Yeah. Ironically enough, and yeah. it's another it, AFC it South looked, opponent. It looked yeah. easy. Yeah. But I, like at the Watkins is going to like we fucking scored was like thirty something. 40. 40 points and then they I mean they started creeping up a little bit but didn't creep enough. It looked closer at the end of like the final score, but it was like during Garbage the game. Time, yeah. yeah. But at, during the game, it didn't even look close. I agree. So that's yeah. that's what I think is gonna happen as well. I think that this is gonna be one of those games where we're just like, man, Patty is and I do think he's gonna come out a little eager. 
I think he's going to try to go he, out there and, and, and amp it up and ramp it up. And overthrow he, a couple he, throws. Yeah, he kind of said it uh, in, in the, the conference today. He was like, yes, I, I've compensated a little bit. I do wear a knee brace. Yeah. You know, like, so you, we know Patrick has adjusted his game right. due to that knee, you know. But he did say, it's like, as the weeks go on, I'm not going to be wearing this knee brace. It's like, yes, I'll be wearing it on, on Sunday, but. It's just because it's, it's, no, he said it's just yeah. my my mental. This is a, this is a worse this is a worse Matt right now worst case scenario situation for the Titans. They're I mean they're banged up. We're getting healthier. Yep. I, you know I, it's just a bad bad situation for them. I, I think if Patrick Mahomes goes into the game with like with the <clears throat> with the mentality like that he's good. He you know he's gonna rock the uh, fucking Titans. Dude, he, that's how he is. And, and here's but, a, here's a, here's oh, an angle. So but the thing the thing is like a, a little bit today like he was talking. He he kind of like you know he was like. Pushing back I'm not a little bit about on that at all. I think Pat's gonna go in there and throw for at least three hundred plus yards. Oh, he's, gonna, he's, gonna be, he's gonna be good. Yeah, it's just that we're at the beginning. I don't think we're gonna see the Pat that we usually see. I, I, I think I agree. I think I, he's he's gonna go show the league. I, I, no, I think at the beginning he's gonna be more more like ah, you know, like I'm gonna try to take it easy and work his way into it. Well, I will say this: there's an angle that we're kind of overlooking too. What game did we see Patrick Holmes struggle big time this season? The Lions uh, the, game, right? Where did Matt, Matt Patricia come from? England, New England. Yeah. Where did Mike Vrabel come from? The head coach for the Titans. Sure. Mike Vrabel runs a very similar style defense to Bill Belichick and, and Matt Patricia. There's a Those lot more the, defensive talent over there in Detroit. I don't too. disagree, yeah. but here's the thing. We have to give – like we've been giving the Raiders some respect. We have to give the Titans some respect here. That defense is allowing less than 20 points per game in this league. That is saying something. I'm yeah. not saying that they have not faced an offense like this. That's why I know the Chiefs are going to whoop that ass. Right. My point is the Chiefs need to go into this game with the mentality that, look, the Lions just did what they did against us. They could have very well beaten the Chiefs in that game. We could be looking at a much different season right now. Yeah. And the Chiefs are now going into a game. Patrick Mahomes just coming back. Although it is great that we're getting healthier, the rust is going to have to come off on some of these guys. Go ahead, Trevor. No, I'm just saying, like, it, 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 all this time I've been talking about Mahomes coming out there and lighting this game on fire. And it's not even my take. It is the, the core of my take is based on the defense because I think the defense is going to go out there and give Mahomes the ball over and over and over yeah, that's again. that's a fair point. I think yeah. we're going to keep taking the ball away from Tannehill. I think yeah. Tannehill is going to have multiple turnovers. I think our defense is going to pressure the shit out of him. There's going to be multiple punts. I don't think I don't think they're going to score more than 14 points. I can't, I can't remember what show I was watching this morning, uh, and they were talking about Patrick Mahomes against the Titans and how the Chiefs had played without Patrick Mahomes. And – They've all said that in those two games, uh, without Patrick Holmes, the entire team as a whole stepped up because they they, they pretty much put Matt Moore in their backs. You know, yeah. they carried Matt Moore to the to to those close games to that victory. And and they said, is is that team with Patrick Mahomes gonna stay the same and carry Mahomes on their back, or are they just gonna? Sit back and wait for Mahomes to do those plays that he usually yeah. does. So that, that that was their main point, and and, and it, it caught my attention because I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, against the Broncos, Pat went down. They they took Matt Moore in their backs, and they're like, we're gonna carry you to this yeah. victory. Yeah. Against the Packers, they did the same thing. I mean, how con- can you imagine how confident these guys are inside yeah. right now? Like they, they got that Be- huge win without yes. Mahomes heading because, into this game. Now they got their guy back because those three games that Pat pretty much was out the. Uh, was it two quarters against the, the Broncos? But what I'm saying is, those three, game, point. Yeah, right. those three games are like the best games that the defense has played because they had Matt they Moore and they had, to, they had yeah. to carry Matt Moore on their back. That's what I'm saying. With Patrick Mahomes coming back, are, like, do you think that they're they're gonna 
the, the defense and the, the offense are going to expect I, Patrick Mahomes to make those plays and kind of relax a little bit because they know they have Patrick Mahomes. They have the guy back. Yeah, that, no, that, I I, I'm going to say this. I, I know what you're going to say, but I will say this. That has actually been a concern of mine too. Sure. I know that sounds crazy. It's warranted. But here's the thing. Yeah. This this could legitimately be the first time, and not only Patrick Mahomes' career as an NFL quarterback, but in his college and high school. And Bink, I, I know his ears are probably burning right now. <laughs> Our guy Bink at six ten loves talking about his White House days and how he, yeah he dro- drops sixty six <laughs> points and loses, and drops almost seventy points against the yeah. Sooners and loses. You know, like this could be the legitimately the only time ever in Patty's career where he actually has a, a defense he can rely on, and the defense has changed. I do worry though that the defense will get a little lax because of the fact that. Well, we do have Patrick Mahomes back, so we don't have to play as tough because there is something to it. Yeah. Because even in the game when Patty was playing in the Broncos game, the defense looked like shit on that first drive. Yeah. They, they put the it Broncos together. Score. They put it together. But my point is, it, I think there is some validity to it that, hey, we kind of have to because mm-hmm. if we don't, we're going to get fucking blown out. Yeah. So I do believe that the mentality could change. Do I expect it? No. I do think that the defense has turned a corner. I do think Spags has really gotten to these guys. Yeah, and I think you know how we sit here, us three sit here, just casual fans. Well, not casual fans, big fans of the team. No, we're fair weather. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. uh, no, I mean, if we're sitting here talking about running the table, you don't think that locker room's talking about, dude, we can run this table. Let's make let's go, let's, let's, let's make the Patriots. You know, oh, it's give, being talked about. Let's give oh, the Patriots yeah. a run for their money, right? So this defense is going to get up even more in my mind because Pat's back. I don't think they're going to sit back and rest on laurels because because you don't think the defense loves the recognition that they're getting right now? You don't think these young guys on this defense, Juan Thornhill, Ward, and all these guys are loving the recognition that they're getting right now from the, oh, not only the fans, yes. but over the, the, the sports talk in general, national and locally, the radio – Talking heads are loving it. You know, everyone's loving this defense. You don't think they're going to want to want to compete with Mahomes yeah. to be in the talk of the town? Right? Oh, yeah. They love it. I, I guess my, que- my question to you, Trevor, is uh, let's say you're part of the defense, right? Right. And now you're getting Patrick Mahomes back. You're getting the guy back. Yeah. Are you going to, like, you know, take back a little bit or are you just going to keep keep grinding or knowing that you already have Patrick Mahomes and he can pull those victories? I mean, if that's the case, I don't want you on the field. Yeah. If that's the case, I don't want you on the field because that's the wrong mentality. And I don't expect Spagnolo the way he coaches – to have that. I mean, that's maybe a Bob Sutton mentality. Yeah. You know, to, to bend, don't break. No, that's not this defense that we've seen these last few weeks. This defense has been going after people. Yep. This defense yeah. has been hitting people and wrapping up and not letting people break tackles. Rare, so, I mean, that's, that, I will that say, that, I will say though, if, if we go, if this game ends up being like a 34 to 29 kind of game, oh, that's not going to happen. I'm I mean, just it, saying, yeah, yeah. We, then we have another conversation of, oh, this team's definitely just relying on well, Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that's going to be the case. I do think the Chiefs are going to win this game comfortably. And, and I do think the defense has with, changed. Like, as we discussed before a couple seconds ago about the fans, yeah. about the, the players complaining about the fans, they even have more of a chip on the shoulder to go repeat. That 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 same performance, they're going to want to go do that. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you guys want to show up for these games? We're going to prove you wrong, and we're going to show you why you need right. to be here from now right. on. And, and I think what's going to help with that mentality, keep that mentality the same, is going to be Patrick is not 100. percent So we still have to. True. We we that, gotta, that's a good we point. Got, we got to carry. But Patrick. regardless, man, if you, if, if, I, if, I, if it depends on Pat being out there, no, I, whatever the level of intensity our defense is going to play, fuck that, dude. Yeah. But, but you got to do but, your job. But I mean, if, if you if you look back. The three no, best I, games that the defense it's has had. It's to worry about that. I yeah, actually exactly. agree. Yeah, the three best games that they've had have yeah. been when Pat has been out. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's kind of yeah. like – it's kind of. but I think that they're going to keep the same mentality, the same uh, motivation going into this game because Patrick is not 100%. I think the defense knows, the offense knows that Patrick yeah. is not 100%. So what they're going to do is they're, they're going to make Patrick's life a lot easier. This right. might they're be the worst try- offense we, our defense has faced so far this year. 
this might be the worst offensive team we faced so far, and it's just I don't. Other see. than the Broncos, it's pretty close. The Broncos have had. I mean, their their offenses are pretty similar. They okay. they run the ball a lot. They it's don't just, score a lot it's of points. Not a, it's they don't not, allow a lot. Of it's not a good matchup for the Titans any way yeah. you look at it, especially with the rush defense being the way it is. So. Uh, we, we're we're, we're going to post our predictions like we do every Sunday about an hour before game time. Don't judge us. <laughs> go, charge us. Go. Have the time. Uh, no, we're going to we're going to post that. So join us, like I said, on the Spoken on on, on Facebook and uh, Twitter at the Spoken Pod. We post all of our predictions for the week uh, the week's matchup. So definitely follow us on there, yeah. guys. Let's get to the best segment of the week. Uh, what is it called? Hold this L. It's time. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Co. Since 2014, Casey Beard Co. has been providing you with beard and skincare products handcrafted with 100% organic ingredients right here in Kansas City. You can visit them at caseybeardco.com, Facebook, Instagram at Casey Beard Co. And for the entire month of November, they have a, a 25% off all beard and skincare products on their online store. Just use promo code NOSHAVESAVE and you'll be ready to go. All right, guys, here we go. Eddie, who is holding the L for Ooh, you, man. Mr. Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. My L is going to go to none other than Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Highway robbery. It was, it was two I could have went with. So. That, was, that was my only one I had, man. <laughs> so All I'm right, gonna, Trevor, you got an audible. I'm going to go with Mitchell Trubisky because this week he came out and, and pretty much national media is saying he does not want the TVs on in, in any Bears facility. Uh, anything Bears related, yeah. he does not want to see it. Be, like – well, he even said that he couldn't answer a exactly, question that one of the exactly. reporters asked. Yes. So <laughs> it's like, like why? Yeah, yeah. Why, like, why? Like, we all know you're having a horrible season. I think next season you're not going to be playing with the Bears. Uh, you're probably going to be a backup, but you're not going to be the starter. This year he might get benched. P- people were chanting for Chase Daniels during that game. Yeah. I, I, Twitter was going crazy with hashtag Chase Daniels. Cherry for a backup over yes. a first round pick. Think about <laughs> that. Crazy. Over somebody you picked before Patrick Mahomes, before Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That, that's insane. Yeah. And for your quarterback, your quarterback to come out saying, yeah, I don't want the TVs on at any Bears facility because uh, I want to, you know, concentrate. I don't want to hear the media, what they have to say. Come on, man. Like, yeah. If, if somebody's gonna talk shit about you, man, take that as a compliment. And go out there and well, fucking prove them wrong. You well, what know? makes it I mean, what makes it worse too is when Matt Nagy came out and was defending Mitchell, yeah. talking about oh, uh, it, it had to have been a joke. I think I mean, if, you, if you know him like I know him, he's there's a little tongue, was, there's a little tongue in cheek there. Yeah, there dude, no come joke. on, you're just trying to save was, his ass. Yeah, there was saving no face. It was yeah. so serious, dude. It, Mitchell Trubisky, hold, hold this hell. hell. Yeah, uh, that was mine too, man. It was that that story is hilarious. Just the the whole I I feel bad for Chicago fans because I know if I was a Chicago fan, all that talent on that team and the the, the draft capital that you've invested in and the guys you over you overlooked to draft Mitchell Trubisky, it, that's just got to be so heart wrenching to and, deal with and watch on a weekly basis with that defense 
being as talented as it should be, there it's just that's and, and rough. They, they were they were talking. To, it's a great uh, fan base. Too. Yeah, they were talking in the, in the, the the same. I fuck. I can't remember the show I was watching, but they were talking about how the uh, the team has probably lost a lot more respect on Mitchell Trubisky because of the fact that he's taking everything to like to heart. Like he's playing super bad, and he can't take uh, he can take like people uh, criticizing criticizing. Him. He can't right. take criticism yeah at all and, and obviously as as your quarterback you want him to be able to kind of stand up and be the team leader it's like ah oh, they're talking shit it's like let's prove them wrong you know right but obviously he can't he's not the quarterback to do that he's not a team leader and, and i think i think that locker room has lost some respect on mitchell trubisky i don't think they 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 believe that's who their leader is right yeah i mean so you stole mine, but I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and go with the low hanging fruit here from last night's game uh, with the Chargers franchise and Philip Rivers. Um, for the last few years, we've been hearing about the Chargers being, you know, even the favorites over the Chiefs. Um, even up to this even last up to week. this last season with, with the reigning MVP on our team and the talent that we have on this team still. Granted, from top to bottom, heading into every season for the last few years, the Chargers do have one of the best rosters and are one of the most complete teams. But somehow, some way, they always find a way to screw themselves, or they have ridiculous injuries. I don't know what's in the water over there. Uh, I, it's it's so bizarre. What's in the rivers? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, uh, I mean, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with the low hanging fruit here, man. Um, Phil Rivers was 17 for 31 for 207 yards last night. Right, two, he went 0 for 8 in the last round. Yeah, two <laughs> two Kirk Cousins, two back. touchdowns, two touchdowns. <laughs> but he had three picks and a pick six. I mean, it, against the Raiders secondary, you throw three picks and a the pick six. The spirit of Mitchell Trubisky I possessed just, him. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell's like, there's no TVs on. I'm taking this game <laughs> is over. Is that the ghost that Sam Darnold's just seen? Oh, no, oh, no, that's, that's the ghost of Sam Darnold. Yeah. <laughs> but, and Adam Gase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who I don't, who I think is probably going to lose his job this offseason. Yeah, he ran out of coke. Jesus, dude. Yes, they're smelling salts. Whatever. Whatever the shit it is. Um, yeah. So Philip Rivers, man. I just, uh, I've always respected the guy's game. He looks, yeah. he looked absolutely washed. He looks like he looked like an old man last night against a not a decent Raiders team, but not. I mean, not a great. But even in that Packers win, like I said earlier in the in the, in the show, that he still it wasn't. They didn't win that game because of him. That defense won that game. They played really well. Bosa and Ingram played well. Yeah. And I think they just lost Ingram last night, too. I think Ingram's banged up now, too. So I just – I think they're going to – and I can kind of give myself an L here, too, simultaneously because when we were talking about – when Mahomes was first out, we were talking about if we, which games we can win with more. Um, I talked about this Chargers game coming up after this next game being a big one because I thought the Chargers were going to – they were getting healthy as well. I thought the Chargers were going to go on a run. Because of the, I, be, I believed in the talent, especially offensively on that team, with them getting Keenan Allen back healthy yeah. and, and, and Mike Williams back healthy, who I believe in those guys' talent. And, and they got Melvin Gordon back, obviously. Um, I thought they are going to go on a run. I thought they are going to kind of challenge us. But meanwhile, it's been the Raiders all along who's been uh, outperforming them, uh, obviously, from last night. But um, that didn't happen, so I can hold an L for that as well. Um, so – the L.A. Chargers, that pitiful franchise right now, those poor fans, and uh, Philip Rivers, that that aging old man with his nineteen kids. Everybody that had him winning the AFC West. Yeah, yeah. All all of these analysts that keep <laughs> that keep becoming slaves of the moment every single season, the beginning of the year. Um, y'all are gonna have to go ahead and do me a favor and uh, hold this L. L. It's a lot like uh, Philip Rivers' sex life. Last night's game, they just couldn't pull it out. Ooh. <clears throat> so. Mormon or something. So here we go. Um, 
You guys are podcast guys, right? You like to listen to other podcasts. And Absolutely. Like that. That's all I do every you day. You listen to some podcasts? Okay. Uh, there's this one podcast called The Spoken Podcast, and yes. um, they uh, they like to make a lot of predictions. Yeah. And these guys, they're, they are a shit. And um, last, Especially that Lance guy. He's yeah, he's asshole. horrible jokes. He's, got a, he's fat and he's got a beard. <laughs> Short. He's got a beard. Rug, yeah, ruggedly handsome at the same time. It's weird. He's got a weird combo going on. Um, I heard he they, they made, his, they made uh, beard is weird. Yes, <laughs> his co-host. Yeah, off air. I'm like talking like a Nazi to you guys. No, shut up. No, uh, Price. No, um, we. They, I heard about this podcast, and uh, supposedly they made a prediction that the Vikings were unanimously going to win. And then they go on to totally redeem themselves and unanimously pick the Chargers in the same week. And um, I'm starting to wonder if this podcast knows what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to sports. So, so pretty much we need to pick each team to win that's facing the Chiefs every week. Yeah, what, 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 what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. or just so don't hate us guys when we make our picks. Just know that's a good thing. Or maybe okay? we, maybe we should just get some real it's talent fame. on the show. You know what I mean? Like maybe we should just fire ourselves. Here. Yeah, because holy shit, man, we the we got players. This is the, like this is the first time I've given our show the L because. Yeah. This is a bad week for us, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, it was bad enough we had to pick against our team. We unanimously lost, yeah. and then unanimously <laughs> lost an AFC West matchup. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen very often. Let's be let's put this into context for a second. I saw this shit doesn't that, happen. I brought, I brought nooses for us all <laughs> after the show. We will be doing things, but no. In all seriousness, we we try FCD our best here. Self. We try to we try to do our best here, but he were tried. We 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 failed. We were a shit this week, so. The Spoken Podcast. Do me a favor and hold this L. All right. Thank Episode 30, 37 was a blast. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Commandeer Brand, Casey Hemp Company, Local Foundry, Casey Hard Goods, all of our sponsors. We want to thank all you guys, all the listeners. We have we had a great time again. Next week, we will be having Shaggy Shane Williams from the Shaggy Shane Show, Clay Windler from Red Tribe Cinema on the episode for Episode 38. Shout out to uh, Dale Trimmer. And uh, you guys, uh, you got one more thing, Eddie? Go ahead. No, I got to say, I got to yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got to shout out. Oh, you can finish. Okay, I, I'm going to finish. Shout out to Dale Trimmer. Appreciate it. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Until next week, you guys have yourself an awesome week. We're gone. And before we're, before we're done. I'm out. All right, see you, Let's. Uh, I just want to wish, uh, wish veterans a happy Veterans yes, Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. Fuck yeah. Love yeah. you guys. So have a good weekend, guys. Yes, have a good weekend. All right. See out. ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoken. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit.